Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Richest Men in Town podcast. I'm Mike Freeman, and along with my good friend and co-host, Tyler Gould, we're excited to welcome you to our little podcast project. Tyler and I are just a couple of middle-aged husbands and dads driven to live our best lives. We want to be better every day, so here we'll be sitting down with great people, not famous people, but great people that we admire, to learn their secret to living the rich life. Probably not the rich life you're thinking of. Our guests come in humbled and surprised at the invitation and hopefully leave feeling proud and grateful, realizing just how good they really have it. So pull up a chair, stay a while, and raise a glass with us as we toast our guests to the richest men in town. All right, Tyler Gould, another episode, Richest Men in Town. We keep rolling. Gary Miller this time, right? What stands out with you with our time with Gary tonight? I mean, what a, what a night to to spend with Gary to, with Gary Miller, Mike Freeman. I look, Narrow Gate is is a podcast that that Gary Miller has. He it's it's incredible some of the topics that he discusses in his podcast. I feel really lucky that we were able to have him with us tonight for a couple hours. Yeah, but, Gary you know, Miller. Gary Miller feels contagious. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, the energy that I felt at the end of that was 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 awesome, man. You know, some of the things that stand out to me, I, he talked a lot about authenticity and, and, and sort of getting past some of those things that we tell ourselves that limit us so that we can be our true selves and really accomplish some things. And I love that conversation. Yeah. Some of the questions that he posed, uh, I'm just looking at some of my notes and uh, what are you afraid of? Right. Like to that, to that authenticity, why are we not being authentic? And usually has to do with some, you know, deep-seated fear on on our part, fear that uh, that we're not being honest with ourselves and addressing. And I think giving us wisdom keys, yeah. Gary's unlocking or giving us some tools to help us unlock some things that that I, I know trip me up, um, and I know it's part of that struggle that that uh, that we're in with this with this podcast. As we talk to guests, we're trying to learn how can we how can we be aware and pay attention to some of these things. And I think Gary actually gave us some, some great tools to do that. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I love, you know, at the end of the, of the podcast, you know, spoiler alert, right. We, we ask the same question, everybody to, you know, at, at every, for every podcast, <laughs> but Gary's answer to that question was, was something that really kind of, it, it touched me. And he, one of the things he talked about in that answer was being a finisher and learning to trust ourselves. And man, I, I really hope that people listen to Gary and, and they're, they're intentional about what they're listening to and they're just taking things away and applying, right? It's, it's the actions that get us where we want to be. Listening is great. Interviewing great people is great. But if Mike Freeman, if you and I don't do anything about it, all is lost, Right. Yeah, I really love his uh, the idea of the mutual faith of you and I. You know, he quotes Paul there, and the idea being that it, that doesn't mean that we all agree. That doesn't mean that we all wear the same jersey and we all go to the same church. But that sense of community again comes up in our conversation this time with Gary. You know, talking about um, the 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 faith that ties us all together. Yeah, he made some changes. He, he came to know Jesus Christ early on. He, he made some changes and he's, he's a seeker of truth. Love that. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea that we've always talked about, the more we get together, the more we see that, 
the more we have in common and the less different we really all are. And I, I, I think that that was a wonderful message too. the things that we reach for to numb ourselves. Yeah. Right. When we're not into what the self has to say, I, th- I thought that was, I thought that was powerful. He's an entrepreneur. He's a spirited guy. He's, he's uh he's an energy. And, you know, I think we end huge fans and friends. Absolutely. Gary. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're ready to sit down, learn some things, right. Be ready to take some action and experience some face ripping preaching. Right? Face tonight, ripping tonight, preaching. Man. He's going to thump, right. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to thump and he's going to come at it the only way he knows how. And that is again, the authentic Gary Miller trying to be that 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 true to his self and true to the message that he has he's got a witness man yeah he's got a witness and i think uh it's kind of cool that we could use our little platform merge together and kind of form an alliance with his again narrow gate we'll drop that in the show notes and yet he 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 does a great job of honoring people yeah honoring people that have poured into his bucket along the way and helped him and on his path of discipleship and and uh, man, I, I, I could not have uh, I could not have been more impressed with the time that we spend with Gary. Yeah, it was a fun night tonight. And, and I, my hope really, Mike, is that is that you and I are taking things away that we're going to apply and that our community that, that we're building here with RMIT, that that you guys are taking things away and you're you're putting them into action because Tonight, lessons were taught, and, and it, was, it was a lot of fun to be a part of that. Right, and it's in the doing that unlocks all of those lessons. Uh, and, you know, and, and that's really, we, we learn by doing. It's not just, I love what he said, it's not a sit and get, it's a sit, get, and do. And that's what this podcast is about. So to all of our listeners, thanks for your support. Thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, pull up a chair. Enjoy this episode. Do something with what Gary Miller teaches us in the richest men in town. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's moving in you? We got Gary Miller coming on tonight. Gary Miller is a guy that, uh, you know, we've got, and I think we need to, I think it's time, Tyler. I think it's time to let people in on the fact that we have a team of people behind us. We've mentioned the intern. Um, but for those that have gone to richestmenintown.com, you may notice a snazzy looking website. And that is, yeah. uh, that's, we've got Rajiv Potnik helping us out. Rajiv is a former guest. I think it's episode eight. And uh, we've looped in Wes Franks, the sinister one. Yeah, I mean, when you have a nickname like the sinister one, it just means you, you're going to get, he's you're gonna get, get in, looped into stuff, man. He's got to get on the team, right? And he's our, yeah. he's our director of guest recruiting. He is, and he is, uh, he's embraced that role. Uh, he's killing it. He's doing a great job. And, uh, and, and we heard about Gary Miller. Gary's got a podcast, uh, the narrow gate and Gary's got quite a story. So we're excited to, uh, have him join us, but what's moving in you as we get ready to, uh, welcome Gary on board. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, look, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for one just to have, uh, Gary with us tonight. I think it's, it's interesting cause he's got a, he's got a journey right? I mean, we talk about people's journeys and everyone's got a journey, but he's got, he's definitely got a journey. Um, and I, I think, you know, I was thinking about him today and I was just kind of, I was thinking about this idea of, of remembering, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, spiritual experiences that we have, you know, and, and I think that with Gary, he, uh, 
he has a lot. You know, he he is uh, was a, a a Baptist fundamental Baptist preacher, and he joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and so he's got a journey. But I would imagine that in that journey, definitely prior to his uh, entering into uh, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, he's got some great experiences that I'm sure he draws on and remembers. And uh, so that's what's, what I've been thinking about, you know? That's an Hold important on. word. So uh, some of our guests may actually have wires crossing in their head right now. Yeah. You just said fundamental Baptist minister. Right. Like hellfire, brimstone, turned member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's an interesting journey. It's an interesting journey, and I'm excited to not just, you know, I think that that transition maybe is interesting, but I think what I'm really excited about is just hearing about Gary's journey from the beginning. And, uh, you know, I, I love the idea, Mike, and you and I talk about this a lot, this ongoing search for truth, right? And I think that uh, you and I are in the middle of that search. We're we're always looking and we're trying to discover. Um, and I think that uh, you know Gary is going to let us in on on what that looked like for him. So I'm really excited about that. You know when you when you mentioned that ongoing search of truth, I'm I'm reminded of something that uh, that that Russ shared. Russ Hill in our last episode, we asked him about, hey, what does faith look like? When did you start? learning that God was aware of you, right? When did you learn that, that Jesus Christ did what he did for you? And he said, you, you remember his answer, it was uh, still working on it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I love that answer. I think that answer is super important. You know, I think that, that there's maybe, it, there's this idea that we, that we reach the, uh, the summit at some point, right? When it, when it comes to that journey, and uh, I'm a believer that we we don't reach that summit, at least not in this life. And we just well, I think I think search. it's a I think it's a it's an ongoing summit, right? Right. I think anytime you you talk about remembering and you look back on on experiences you just had, let me tell you, last Sunday we just had one. Yeah. And Freeman family, her, hearing Grace uh, talk to her church family, saying goodbye on her way to the mission. As soon as we were done, Abe Freeman does the closing prayer. The four of us just huddle up. We just huddle up. Do we family hug? Yeah. yeah. And in that circle, it's like, you feel that, right? Y'all yeah. feel that? Remember what this feels like. Yeah, it's a, I think that's, that's important, man, to have that. To, to have, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to someone last night, and they were, they were talking about um, sitting down with their kids and, and sharing. Uh, some some things that that are sacred to them, uh, to to them personally, conveying that to their kids, and uh, and he he talked about how they were all having that same kind of experience that you just described, Mike, and uh, I, you know what I mentioned to him is that at some point they're going to look back and remember that experience, right, and that's going to be a, a mile marker in the road to the to the summit. So, but look, we've got, we've got Gary, he's sitting outside the door. He, I'm sure he'd like to come in and, and let's, let's be honest, Gary's in Texas right now. So 
if we can let him in and, and, and let him feel some, some warmth of where we're at, <laughs> yeah. that might be a good thing. So why don't we open the doors? Yeah, I think it's a blessing just to have him with some, wi- with some Wi-Fi and some power. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a miracle that Gary Miller is joining us from Texas. Yeah, Gary. Right? Gary, welcome to the richest welcome, town, man. man. Hey, man. How's it going, guys? Good. We were just saying, you know, it's, uh, it's good to see you sitting in front of us with, uh, with a, a light on behind you. And uh, you've got power. So that's a good thing. So if you, how, how's it? Give us, give us kind of a little bit of what's been going on for you with all the, uh, the winter madness. Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking. Good to see you guys. Uh, so, yeah, we we lost power starting Monday morning at 8 a.m. We didn't get it back until Wednesday mid-morning. Wow. And so it, it's impressive. I, I didn't think I really appreciated, like, how cold a house can get when it's super cold outside and there's no heat on at all for two days and you've got a two month old that you're trying to keep stable and the rest of your daughters plus you know your wife and and you know you're doing all the sort of normal contingency stuff you're thinking all right how much water do we have are the pipes good like what are we doing and and I was I was telling Crystal that's my that's my wife that we were there's something that messes with your head when it's cold and dark the dark thing that not having any light and not being able to see, dude, that's a mindset tweak. Like it really, you have to find a different level of resiliency when you're, cause it's yeah. interesting. Like there's nothing but a few candles and it's not some romantic thing. I mean, this, this is like, there's just <laughs> candles and you're looking around and you're like, dude, like this is depressing. Yeah. And so it really does, you know, cause you're just sitting there and you're like, and of course, you, you you don't have a series of positive thoughts in those moments. You're like, I'm in the dark, I'm cold, and there's nothing but candles. And you start like <laughs> awfulizing everything, like <laughs> right. the pipes burst, the roofs fall again, you know. <laughs> right. We're going to be living in the minivan. So yeah, it, it, you know, the, the power came back on um, yesterday intermittently. We were doing these rolling blackouts. Right. So it'd be on, and you're like, victory! And And then it was like, no, you're, you're back in the dark. <laughs> Oh, and then man. today it started, uh, it stayed on consistent. So as you said, yes, we have power. I'm able to look at you guys. I'm able to be online and um, it all worked out. So we're, uh, I think now, just like everybody else, I think the battle is going to be for this weekend. We're all going to be like slamming Walmart and HEB trying to get groceries from all the, <laughs> the food that's spoiled. But um, yeah, 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 we're all things considered, we're doing, we're doing okay. Well, well good, that is man. good to hear because I'm, 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 I'm catching the news and, in Texas, uh, I'm I'm hearing like millions with no power, right? It was, yeah. They, Heats they, of I, ice and water water yeah. pipes and just crazy stuff. Surreal. I mean, just just you know, this Texas is not built for this. I mean, yeah, not yeah. not not like this kind of temperatures. And so, um, I don't pretend to understand the whole energy grid stuff. That is about as convoluted as it gets if you try to really untangle that. But. <laughs> Somebody somewhere, this might be a good wake-up call to go, you know, perhaps we <laughs> <laughs> really upgrade. have our ducks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's, it's uh, so th- in California where we're at, we've got a lot of people that uh, are, are bailing out of the state, right? They're trying to yeah. find new places for a lot of different reasons, okay? And, yeah. and, and I hear from, certain, from different people that I know that are in different states that are like, man, you Californians are coming to my state and you're ruining it, man. 
You're messing right. it up, right? So yeah. I, I got to tell you, Gary, my sister, who I, I love, was visiting Texas for a possible relocation. See. And it happened to be in the middle of this. <laughs> and she was stuck in a hotel with no power for a few days. So she ruled Texas out. You saved yourself one Californian from coming to a... You know, I'll put my tinfoil hat on. I totally see causation there. So if I'm looking for some confirmation bias, so, so you get this straight. She comes out, yeah. So I, I uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. What a time to come to Texas. Normally, Texas right. is a really cool place. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Pardon well, me, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, I'm, ex uh, I'm excited to... Yeah, we're excited to have you. And, and I, we appreciate your commitment. Um, yeah, man. You know... <laughs> If anybody had an out for, for getting on this show, you definitely had one. And we yeah. appreciate you. Uh, I wasn't going to miss it. Sticking, sticking with us. So, yeah. well, we, we join it. We jump in a little early. Yeah. As you know, uh, this train's kind of moving along and Tyler and I have been, been chatting a little bit and we are, uh, we're excited to hear your journey as it, as it comes to, uh, your personal faith. Right. Yeah. Um, and we've actually jumped in and I've, I've caught a couple of your podcast episodes, right? The narrow gate. Yeah. I've, uh, I've heard you as a guest on a couple of podcasts and I just love the energy that you bring to your faith. Yeah. And, and I'm excited to, uh, to, to hear about that. But again, it's not just about the Gary Miller before us. This is the richest men in town, right? We're curious to know what it looks like when you were 12, right? And so we're looking forward to, to having, those, having those conversations. Cool. Now, Ty Tyler and I, before you got on, we were talking about being seekers of truth mm -hmm. and how that, that idea of, of arriving at a destination called truth. And it's like, okay, we're here. Stop climbing. We're done, right? right. And I think, that, um, I, I think that your story and your, your example of just always looking right? You went from a person, the preacher, right? The teacher has all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, dying to, I'm dying to get to know. Mike, before we dive story. in to that story, Gary, I mean, really the, 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 the crux of, of Richest Men in Town is about how do we become better, right? And that's right. really kind of the mission that Mike and I have been on for, for a long time, just what, what do we have to do to be better? And who can we learn from, you know, to be better? And, and obviously your, your story is compelling. And, I, and, and I'm just, you know, we want to start, we kind of want to rewind and go back to the beginning and just to, to what your, your childhood was like and, and growing up with mom and dad and, and the yeah. lessons that were taught in, in the home when you, were, when you were young. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great place to start. Um, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a particularly religious family. Um, I think there was the sort of perfunctory Christmas Easter attendance at a at what would be considered a pretty vanilla Southern Baptist church at the time. Compared to what I ended up pastoring later, it was very vanilla, what I went to when I was a kid. Where did you grow up, Gary? Uh, Northern Virginia in Annandale, Virginia, Fairfax County. Okay. And... Um, and so, you know, not a particularly religious family. My parents divorced when I was fairly young, when I was seven. My dad was 
a sort of serial entrepreneur, ended up finding a lot of success in the restaurant business. But he was also a you know, victim of the vices that come with it. You know, he was an alcoholic. He was, um, he was a bit lost. And so my parents split when I was pretty young. My mom then was sort of saddled with raising this about to become teenage boy. And so she sort of throttled to the extreme on, you know, discipline and structure. And there's really something to be said for that. I think in a lot of things in life, I think it's much better to throttle too far and have to pull back than have to add later. And, and so I think she, she erred on the right side. Right. And so, um, you know, she was a very, uh, she was a, she was a banker. She was super regimented and, I was sort of introduced to that early on, structure and sort of discipline and, you know, schedules and all this kind of thing. I would later go to the military, so maybe she, she was brainwashing me early. I don't know. <laughs> but but, uh, so, but I, I really remembered, I remembered going to, um, you know, Easter and, and Christmas uh, services with my mom because it was after my parents were split. And I, I always remember sitting back, um, they did this like Easter service and they had like this dramatic presentation. And I remember when the guy playing Jesus would be like up on this cross at the, at the head of the church. I remember it, the lights were down and it was like super dramatic. And I remember being very touched by that. And afterwards asking a lot of questions that my mom didn't really have answers to, because I was very curious. That's when the sort of curiosity started. And I asked her, I said, well, why don't we go to church more like at other times? Like, and it's like, and, and so we started going for a bit, and I remember they would always be trying to get me to go to the youth meeting instead of the regular service, and, and ironically enough, or unironically enough, I used to say, I don't want to go hang out with them. The guy up there teaches, I, he preaches. I want to listen to the preacher. I don't want to go hang out with the youth. What, what are you talking about? And so I would stay in so I could hear him preach, and, and that was the first seeds sort of being planted, and so I think from both and both my parents are, have, have passed away in just the last you know handful of years, and they passed away young by all you know by all accounts. But um, you know the entrepreneurial DNA is obviously I'm an entrepreneur. I work in sales and marketing, so that part of my dad was is in my wiring, and my mom was incredibly resourceful. Single mom had to figure it out, and being resourceful dovetails perfectly with being an entrepreneur. You better figure it out, you know, or you're yeah. not going to eat. Um, and, and so, you know, I had to, I had to work those things out. So I had good models in, 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 in that respect, but they also, you know, frankly, they, they, they showed me some things that I, I said, you know, I don't want to do those things when I get older. You know, my mom was, was cold. She wasn't affectionate. You know, I, I can never remember like someone coming over and just like hugs and stuff. And so, if you see me around my, my girls and now my son, I'm like, we're like the most affectionate, you know, I mean, it just, we're, we're so connected in that way because it's the polar opposite of how I came up. Right. And well, yeah. give it to us real quick. What are the ages? Yeah. So 10, eight, six, and two months. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> and so, um, so that, that I, I have a very different approach and obviously my, my dad went down some wrong roads and, and, uh, clearly my life went in a very different direction. You know, I did, I stayed away from those things and um, really made an emphasis on how do I model or try to model the right things for my kids and for my wife? How do I really lead this thing in a way that keeps me as far away from those potential slips 
um, as I can, because I mean, he was a smart guy. He was, he was like, again, super charismatic, you know, guy that could do the deal, but got eaten alive by his own demons. And so I, I, I wanted to stay as far away from that as I could. It's interesting because I, I think like, uh, you know, I was telling Mike, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about the word remember, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's how it relates to the scriptures and, and in particular how it re- relates to our own spiritual experiences, right? We, we have them kind of throughout our life. And, and if we can recall and remember, we can bring those, uh, those things that propelled us back to the forefront. But I think yeah. that, that having that same idea of remember, because I, I, I tell my, my kids a lot that, you know, my goal is to be different than what my parents were. I want to embrace the good, That's but right. I got to change what I, what I saw that, that wasn't good. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that remembering that is equally as important. And, and, it, and it's funny, as you're talking, Gary, it, it reminds me of Alma talking to his sons, right? He says, hey, you know what? Look, I sinned like crazy. I did tons of bad things. And think about what, your, what my dad did, right? He did bad things until he, he made these changes. And sort of that idea yeah. that, hey, we, we, can, we can look at the, at the rough part of the road as well and say, man, we, we got to learn something from that, whether it's us or someone else. So that's, that's right. Yeah. I'm trying to, whenever I'm, whenever I think about them in context to me being a parent now and, and, and having a family, ultimately I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to minimize their, their less moments and trying to maximize when they were their best. Yeah. My parents, yeah. You know? And so, because we all have those less moments where, you know, if you played back the tape on when you, how you responded or how you did something, you're like, oh man, that was rough. I was a complete idiot. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, there were, there was a lot of good there and, 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 you know, and, but I get, I think ultimately it's, you know, we take what we have, but you know, we got to do what we, what we can ourselves, you know, ultimately, you know, I can, I can, um, I don't think they were ultimately responsible for my success. And I certainly can't blame them for my failures. You know, we, we've got to press on and, and, and do our thing. Right. So, uh, but I, I, you know, all those things added up to be experiences that served me, whether I was using the kind of good examples or the bad ones. Yeah. When I think, and I think where I'm at right now with just life and, and the season that we're in and things that are happening around me, I'm starting to realize that, that it really is, Heavenly Father is a God of roots and branches and chains and links. And not, it's not just on us to be our best self, to be our best self. It's on us to be our best self because there are people standing on our shoulders. Sure. Right? There are children that are looking to us. And it's our, it, it is our responsibility, I think, to try to be our best as 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 consistently as possible right and when we're not to teach those lessons of alma to our children right to let let our kids in on the fact that we're repenting to let our kids in on the fact that we are trying to work through these things but i really do feel like you know i look at my own faith journey and especially right now with, with my daughter getting ready to go serve a mission, it, it, it's not just about me finding the church, right? It's not just about me finding the truthfulness of, of who Jesus Christ is. It's now 
that was given to me so that I could be a decent parent. That was given to me so that I can then do something for that, for that rising generation. Right. And I think, and I think Tyler's, Tyler's thinking and thoughts on that word. Remember really gets into now what's like that legacy word starts to creep in a little bit. Sure. You know, and like, how are we going to be remembered? What are we going to leave behind? Have we done enough? Well, I think it's to our kids. Yeah. I, I love that because I think what's interesting, I think as you grow in this thing and this thing being growing in your faith, you know, whatever Jersey you're wearing, I think ultimately there becomes a point where it's not just about you. It's not just about you, your knowledge, your study, your expertise. Like for me, for years, it was about, I'm the guy with more highlights. I've read it more than you. I know more verses than you, and I'm going to preach it harder than you, <laughs> period. And, and that was true, probably, factually, pretty solid. But that's, a, that's really cutting off the legs of what the thing is because it's not just about me. It, it's what does this now do to the kids that I'm raising and the marriage that I'm part of and my friendships. And again, until there, there's this natural kind of point, and it happens at different times for different people, I think. Um, for me, it probably happens slower because I'm hard-headed. But <laughs> the, the scripture has to come off of the page and, and it has to get out of our head and, and not to sound too spongy, it's got to get in the heart, but, but then it's got to get practically applied. Right. There's got to be an action to that, right? Right. There's got to be a so what. Right. I'm, 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 I'm often concerned in my early walk, I, I, I kind of cringe when I think about the so what was, again, look at me, you know. We started with 15 folding chairs, and I started this church, and now I'm shouting, and people are coming, now we're meeting at the hotel, and now we're, you know, like, yay me. And we did some good work and there was great things and I'm, I'm, I'm all in for that and I'm grateful we did it. But at some point, it's got to move into, okay, that's great, but how is that impacting the way you responded to your youngest kid when they were completely grating on your nerves and testing every bit of your patience? Are you still responding like an idiot or are you doing something with this thing? And not only are you doing something with it, but are you modeling the good and the bad of this so it's a teachable moment for those? Because I say it all the time to my wife, look, our audience is watching and the audience is these kids that are around us all the time. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's the audience of a podcast now or it's the audience of whatever, but here closer to home, they are watching. What is the story that I'm telling them? Am I telling them that we talk about one thing when we do our study at night and then two hours later we do another thing? Or, or, you know, it's early in the morning, so now we're more impatient and now we're yelling across the room and we're doing, I mean, because that doesn't seem to mix with what you were telling us last night, dad. Yeah. You know, so how do we make that a real thing? I, I don't think in 2021, there's no shortage of ways to get information and study and commentaries and everything else. I think we've got the leaning tower of knowledge, but I get concerned. Have we stacked up enough application to make it matter? Because yeah. I, I personally could care less now how much someone knows uh, more so than I'm very interested in what do you do with what you know? Absolutely. Um, I love that, man. I mean, that, that's, that's especially in the matters of faith. And for some reason we tend to give this like a pass with faith. Well, it's, you know, faith topics are different, you know? No, they're not. Yeah. No, they're not. I mean, what are we doing with it? If we read a book and I think we're all readers here. So I, you know, if I read a book and I, and I highlighted all the things, but then I go and put it back on the shelf and never do anything with it, then 
that was just an, you know, it's an empty exercise. But if I take one thing and I wrestle with it for a while and I try it and I test it and I mess it up and I try it again and I mess it up and then I get a little further and get a little further and get a little further. I mean, that's, pro- that's the process of progress. Yeah. And so I'm really interested in that in the faith side of things. Um, and I think for a lot of us, we got to be willing to, to wrestle with it and mix it up a little bit. And it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be straight lines. And, um, but that's, that's when this thing starts to take shape, I think, a little bit more than just, well, we have faith. Well, great. Isn't there, is, isn't there a, a, a moment where, where sort of pride has to get stripped away from that, right? Because I think yeah. that if I, if I look at my own, you know, my own maybe study habits or, or goals in study early on, I wanted to know, I wanted to be able to recite, I wanted to be able to recall, I wanted to be able to, you know, that was, that was important for me. And I think now, now in my study, it's, I want to take that, I want to put it here and I want to do that. Like how, Tyler, how am I going to do that? Right. Tyler, you're spot. I think you're spot on because it's the way we do the reading now. Yeah. Right. It's the way it, why are you highlighting that? You know, to Gary's point earlier, are you in the Beatitudes and are you reading about the, don't, don't pray with vain repetitions and don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. And, you know, if someone says, Hey, go with me a mile, go with them, go with them too. Are you reading those things to say, what does this look like in my life? Or are you reading these things to be able to tell other people what to do with their life? Come on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely right. Come on now. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so yeah, I think a lot of us, and I know as, as someone who did that for years until I woke up, and that's just enough Holy Spirit getting on you to be like, hey, dummy. Well, you know? Gary, I, I just want right. to interrupt you really quick because oh, for, for I, free. one of the podcasts that I listened to was, I think it was one of your most recent ones where you were talking about your study yeah, and, and allowing the Spirit to be in that study with you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, and, and all the supplemental materials and the books, you talk about that that leaning tower of knowledge. We yep. can we can know more about Jesus Christ now than ever in any in any point in the history of, of mankind. But are we doing this study with our mind and our hearts? Right? Are we doing this asking for that spiritual guidance? Because Tyler, that's where it's gonna kick you in the shorts, right? That's where the Holy Ghost is going to say, hey, that thing you keep doing, that needs to stop. Right. You need to do this, or you need to yeah. reach out to this brother, or you need to serve this person, you know? And I think that we're not, a lot of times, we're not allowing, we're, we're not studying it the way that you kind of outlined in that podcast episode by allowing the Spirit to get up, get up and be a companion with you in, the, in your study. But I, I, I love the idea, Gary, you talk about the, the audience that's watching, right? Mm-hmm. That's taking notes. Yeah. I, I sort of, you know, and, and again, I, I'm a slow learner, man. I'm like, a, I'm a hard study. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's, I, I think when, when my kids were young, it was very much like, this is what you do, right? I'm just laying out the, the rules that, that they follow. And I, I feel like now it's like, it's, it, I, I want it to be more of a synergistic sort of uh, vibe, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, look, dad is is working at it, but he's not succeeding at it all the time, right? Yeah. And and I'm I'm giving it my all. And when I don't, 
I, you know, I was just having this conversation with my youngest a, a few, a couple months ago. And I said, Hey, look, I apologize for losing my cool. Okay. That's not uh, good. She says, Oh, it's okay. Dad. No, it's not okay. All right. And, and, and furthermore, I'm giving you the right to say, dad, you know, we need to, we need to take a step back. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, let's own this together. Let's be in this together because it's not me teaching. I can learn from you as well. And I think maybe that's a shift in study as well. Right. It's huge. I, I think, you know, not, I think all this, this, this crosses over into a lot of territory, but in my business and in, in, in what I do, it's amazing. I can get in front of, you know, the team and tell them all the things they need to do, but, but they won't do what I say nearly as fast and with the same efficiency as they'll do what I'm doing. Yeah. So if I'm, you know, speed of the leader, speed of the team, all the other cliches you want to throw in here, but you know, again, it's a different thing. My kids have always seen me in the morning opening up and doing study. Um, and so I don't have to say, you know, you should definitely study first thing every morning. They, they, because <laughs> they, they just, yeah. they, they already know it, right? Yeah. But something you said, Tyler, I love, and I think this is a really important part of it. Part of that, that sort of synergy that you're talking about, I think is, is about in real time sort of owning it when it goes sideways. And, yeah. and I think some of the best repentance I have ever had has been when I've come back with one of my daughters and or my wife, and I've said, you know what, earlier, whenever it was, I was completely out of line. That, that was not the right thing to do. And, and, and here's what I'm trying to do to, to do better at that. And I would love your feedback about, you know, if I'm going off track and, and cause what is it, you know, how do we, how do we regain trust, right? Make a new commitment, keep the promise. Right. I mean, yeah. and so, you know, it really is something for me that I, some of the best, best, like no kidding teeth. This is real repentance now preaching repentance. Right. I mean, this is stuff is when I go back and you, you have to look at your 10 year old and go, you know, I was just telling you and your sisters, not to be yelling at each other. And then 30 minutes ago, I ripped y'all for being crazy. And I'm the one doing the yelling. I'm like, you know, my, my oldest daughter, I'm like, yeah, yell. I was totally wrong. Yeah. And there's something about, again, even the, it's a transparency thing, but it, it's a, sometimes the best lessons is when we're owning our mess ups yeah. and we're working together in the process. I think that's how this whole gospel thing comes alive much more than just being an academic as you said, highlight the, highlight the line. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I think that there's this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in modeling Gary, right? Yeah. Like if we, we want to, what it's like you said about your team, right? If you're doing it, they're going to do it right. If yep. faster than if you say it. And I think that in those moments when we can be, you know, again, strip the pride away and say, look, I, I'm, I, I was a knucklehead earlier and, yeah. uh, it was a bad move altogether. And, and you guys need to know that, you know, and, and, and I think as a, you know, as far as modeling the idea of repentance and change and seeking to be better, I, you know, I'm not perfect at it by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, but that's the goal, right? To, to, I, I love your, your example there. Yeah. I, I think it's been something that has been um, really transformative for me because there's, it's a different level of accountability and ownership. 
Yeah. It's one thing for me to go back in the prayer closet, Lord, I yelled, that was dumb. Please forget. I, I just was off. It's another thing to look into the eyes of a 10 year old and go, okay, let me tell you what was going on. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, kids, as we all know here are super intuitive. And so they, they get it. And, and, you know, I've had my kids and I'm sure you probably have had these same, you know, similar experience where they feel something's off and that I'm really kind of tense or, you know, kind of on that edge, you know, one of them says to you, you know, what's, what's going on, dad? Are you okay? And how leveling of a question that can be. Like all of a sudden you're just like, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit comes dressed as a 10 year old, right? I mean, it's like a real just wallop of, you know, you know and, but it slows you down and it really gets you thinking in a different way. Well, it's, yeah. like, it's like that quote of uh, St. Francis of Assisi, right? Preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Come on. Yeah, now, see, <laughs> That's right. You can teach this is why it. I love these guys. You just dropped a Francis quote. <laughs> no, no, you, can, you, can, you, you can teach repentance. You can have your family home evenings. You can have everyone huddled together sure. and say, what are the steps, boys and girls, right? But if they don't see you do it, yeah. when it's clearly needed to be done, yeah. they're in their mind saying, oh, I guess that's only for Sundays. Or maybe, that's oh, that's right. only when yeah. we're dressed up in shirt and tie. And, right. Right. Mike, it makes me think too of the, I I shared this quote with Mike this morning is it's, it's Spencer W. Kimball. And he said that uh, any excuse, no matter how valid, always weakens character. And uh, I read that this morning. I texted Mike. I said, I got a lot of work to do, man. (laughs) We all do. Right. But but I think I, I love that, right? Because it's easy to justify ourselves. But how do we how do we not do that, right? Like I think of I think of Gary's journey. I think of Russ Hill last week, right? Talking about deciding to go on a mission, whether to whether not to, and how he said I could have easily justified not doing it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we look in aspects of our life, excuses win, for sure. And sometimes they don't. And I would love to be a no excuses guy. I think I've even said that in leadership. <laughs> you know, I've said that to my team, but then sometimes I play that card, right? And I would love to be able like, like case in point. The other day, I, 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 my kids are down in Tyler's house, right? Grace is getting ready to take off. San Diego was on her bucket list before she takes off. So we flew him down. So I'm driving back from the airport stop alongside the, at a state park and I'm just kind of doing some pondering. And I, I, I pull out my phone and right then and there I said, okay, Mike Freeman, doctor just called, you have 12 months to live. What are you going to do with those 12 months? And I just start going, right? I start going and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. Powerful. Very powerful moment. I got the list. I got it on my phone. It's burning in my heart. It's burning in my mind. I've I've been this close to sharing it with Kelly, but I'm holding back because why don't I do that? Like, why aren't I doing the things on my list? Wow. You know, and I could go through every (laughs) one of them and I could be like, well, I'm not doing that because I mean, hello, I'm not jogging because it's raining, Tyler. Like, seriously. You know, like I, I almost went jogging in the rain today because of Tyler's quote excuses. Right. But it's like, well, playing golf with the boys, take my son fishing, 
right? All these things that are like, if you had a year left to live, this is the things, you, these are the things that you would do. Yeah. Why, why don't I do those things? Because that's all joy. None of them were super expensive. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about exotic trips. It was just simple pleasures that I'm not making time for. And I'm yeah. not making time for them because in those particular cases, clearly important, I'm letting excuse win. And as an extension of Tyler's quote, it's weakening my character. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> all right. So that was a knife. Like, I, you know, that was a knife this Ooh, morning. All right. Dagger, <laughs> bro. Seriously. <I> <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's let's I'll share, the, I'll share the list with you, Tyler, and you can help me work on it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> but I do. I do think wow. though that that. But there's, there's a this, life out there. There's a that, life out sure. there that is super rich. Yeah. And somehow we're letting excuses creep in, and robbing that from us. Yeah. So so here's an idea. So just try this idea on. These pants may not fit. That's okay. okay. If they have that elastic on the side, then we'll make it work. Those are like the post Thanksgiving <laughs> pants, right on. Fat pants, right? No, so anyway. Um, so look, here, here's the thing. I've been wrestling a lot lately with the idea of authenticity, okay? Um, and, and, and just hang with me. I'm going to circle the airport for a second, but I promise I'm going to land the plane. So um, I think in my case, there's a list, of, and I love this idea of the list, there's a bunch of things that either I believe I should be doing or should be saying, should be in my messaging, whether it's my teaching or what I'm doing, and I'm not doing it. So by, by nature, I would define that as I'm not being completely authentic. And the reason I'm not being completely authentic is because in some way or another, I'm scared of something. I'm either scared of what the tribe is going to think, right? So... If you've ever read Stephen Pressfield's Turning Pro, you know that he talks about the tribe, but the tribe really doesn't care. They're too wrapped up in their own stuff. But, but we're worried about what the tribe thinks. So we're trying to manage the impressions of others. A horrible errand, but we're doing it. And so when we're, when we're not being all the way authentic, we're somehow misaligned, no matter how great our messaging is up front, because we're not being completely honest. And so I'm convinced that a lot of the reasons why me and you and Tyler, the reason we're not doing some of these things that we know, or we're not saying the things that we should say, or we're not making the call we should make, or we're not, you know, starting the business or whatever it is. I, I think it's because we're scared to death to be completely authentic in the life that we're living. And I think a lot of us are phenomenal actors. I'm a great actor. I, I, I mean, I've got it down and we've all got our scripts and we've all got the things that we say because this is in my role or in my job or in my thing, this is what I'm supposed to say. But I've noticed lately in my life, and it's been a real pursuit, is I'm like, boy, what would happen, Gary, if you woke up and for 24 hours you were completely authentic? Yeah, some of the people in your audience wouldn't get it. You'd probably lose some subscribers. Some people would turn their head sideways at you. And then I was like, well, Gary, they already do that. And, and they're, 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 there's, I mean, like, but so much of, I think, of our anxiety, our fear, that, that sort of underlying tension in our lives is because we're not being completely authentic. We're not being honest. We're not being honest with ourselves. We're not being honest with the people around us. And again, I don't think it's because we're out telling lies. I think we're omitting central parts of our story and our character and who we are. And right. so we're playing this game, you know? And, and my concern 
you know, we were, we, I think we talked about this in our, in our pre talk you know, a couple of weeks back. My big, one of my biggest fears is that I'm too late, that I'm starting to realize things too late. I, I, I'm too late to the party in my business. I'm too late on figuring out what to do with my health. I'm too late in trying to make this change because I've waited too long because I've stalled because I've, I've been hiding. And, and again, I think we're hiding because we're not being authentic. So whatever the things are on all of our lists, I think one of the things that's stopping us is we don't want to just come out and say it, right? Like, I want to do this, or this is what I believe, or this, whatever, because we're just deathly terrified of something, mostly somehow wrapped up in opinions or perceptions, that kind of head garbage. But it's there. And I think for me, that's been a very real thing, especially in the last year of making a big change, going from one, you know, preacher man over to sitting on the pew where nobody knows you, you know, starting a podcast with zero subscribers, now cranking it up to how many ever thousands of downloads it is every week or whatever. But, you know, it, it's, but still, even in that, I want everybody to know, I'm still not even close to being completely authentic because I'm still holding back. And I just wonder how many things we're missing on your list and my list because we're still holding back. It, 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 that rattles my cage when I think about well, it. Well, and Gary, the crazy thing is, is we're preaching Second Timothy one seven eight, right? God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Come we're on, preaching now. that. Yep. But yet we're terrified. We're terrified. Yep. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And we know He doesn't give you that. Yeah. So where's that spirit coming from? Right. Right. It's certainly not coming from God. Well, so, and what yeah. it's doing, it's giving it, it. What you're doing is when you are terrified or you're playing scared, everyone on your team is given permission to also play scared wow when you're being authentic that unlocks everyone around you all right so so break it down for me like how because i agree 100 when you say it's too late that resonates man. Oh, resonates. that is just like scares you know, me to death yeah, yeah i feel like i've i've had that conversation with myself on a hundred different topics you know yep. it's too late for this it's too late for that i yep. wasted the time here so, but the idea of authenticity, it sounds, when we talk about it, I think, yeah, that's what I want to be, right? But, but as, as you're saying this, I'm thinking, yeah, I play this role. I play this role here. Mm-hmm. I play this role here. How, now, how, how, do, we, how do we delete that? I, well, I want to wear the pants, Gary. I gotta, you got to tell me how to get them, man. Well, so, so I haven't apprehended all this, clearly. I just told you I'm not the most authentic guy. No, but I, I think, look. I think it's about being authentic in these different roles. There are different roles. We're not the same everywhere and with every person, you know, things that are different are not the same, right? So, but I do think it's a matter, I think you and I know, like what you shared about, you know, the conversation we were talking about repentance with our kids, we know that we've been completely authentic in that moment when we have that conversation. Yeah. But I think part of it for me, I'll give you a couple examples. These may apply or may not, but um, you know, in the last year when we made this big change, there were times where, I mean, I really was struggling with what in the world did we do? Not because of what we joined, but because of reworking my ID, my, my, my identity into this thing, because I was this guy and now I'm over here, right? And so part of the vulnerability that plays into this thing of being authentic is being able to say, this doesn't feel good right now. And, and, or this doesn't, this feels weird to me. I don't understand it yet. And, or, you know, being comfortable enough to, to own that and, and, and to sit with it for a while and, and, and not try to change it and not try to fix everything all the way, but, but just being, you know, 
I think part of authenticity is just being able to say, hey, this is where my heart and my head is right now. It may not be where it's going to stay. But right now, at, you know, 941 at night, this is how I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. And I think just this exercise of, you know, us being honest with, if nothing else, be honest with ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I, you know, somebody really wants to go to, you know, get a degree later on in life, or early on in life, wherever, or they want to go start the business, or they want to, you know, maybe make a new friend, or they want to do this, or they want to start a church plan or whatever. Like, it, it, if we can just sit long enough and go, wait a minute, you know, I, I want to do that. That feels good to me right now. And, and expressing that instead of bebopping through life and we don't say anything. You know, that would have been like me for the last year being like, no, everything's great. This is awesome. We're so excited about our decision. It's been perfect the whole way. No, it wasn't. <laughs> not even close. I mean, not even close. And, and so, but even I, Tyler, I, I, I was doing it like if you ask me, hey, Gary, how are things going? Oh, they're great. They're awesome, right? Because that's my script. That's, I, I reach into my script bag. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to the bishop. Hold on. Let me get my bishop script one second. Things are really awesome. Come follow me. It's amazing. We loved conference too. The luncheon was awesome. Take that script away. Elders quorum guy asks you a question. Family's good. Finances are awesome. Just lost my job, but everything's cool. You know, we, and we do this all yeah. the time. We yeah. do it with our spouses. Oh, so true. Worst. Worst. The biggest lie is we're telling it to ourselves. And that's what's keeping you and me from doing the stuff on our list. Yeah. Because um, I'm too old, I'm too short, I'm too bald, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm whatever. Yeah. And we're not honestly saying, you know, actually, I hate the job. Or this, this, this first part of, you know, like when I, the first time I got canceled off of a podcast because someone said, we love the interview, but we listen to some of your other stuff and you preach too hard. I'm like, what? And, and <laughs> instead of acting like, you know, it didn't bother me. I, I, I said, you know, I really I went to my wife. I'm like, that bothered me. Yeah. Like, instead of being like, oh, nothing bothers me. I'm a hard preacher. I was preaching all those years. It doesn't bother me. No, it did. I was like, what? So part of it is just that. I think it's just that, that vulnerability. Not to sound too squishy here, but I mean, part of it is that. Of, yeah. of saying, you know, wait a minute. This, this, this is what it is for me right now. And yeah. That is proven because I think when we get honest with ourselves, and it's a lot easier for me to be honest with my spouse, a lot easier to be for me to be honest with my kids, with my team, with my congregation, whatever the, the, the you know, configuration. But I, I think we're, I, again, I think we're running, Tyler. I think all of us yeah. are running because, oh my, because here's what I think it is. I think none of us really want to be found out. You know, what if they find out that I really do like want to start the business? What if they really find out that I did write the book? What if they really found out that I thought the talk was horrible? Or what if they really found out that I fell asleep during the half part of that meeting? Or what if they really found, I mean, and, and to me, I think we're, I found myself a lot over my life looking over my shoulder going, what if they find out? And you sort of feel like a counterfeit, right? And then you get yeah. in this loop. Imposter. But yeah, imposter syndrome 101, right? But yeah. I think we can break that just by, you know, just being relentlessly honest. And understanding that, that sometimes that's going to be weird. You know, sometimes people are going to not get it, Tyler, at all. Yeah, it's, it's funny. You're, I, I love that because I'm, I'm, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking like, you know, there's, there's so many times where, uh, and I'll give you an example. I was, I was and I told Mike this a, a few weeks ago, but I was at, uh, at a work, uh, at work, and they were having a, a discussion about going out after work, you know, 
And they said, Tyler, you should come with us and have a drink. Mm-hmm. I said, nah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to, not going to go and you know, whatever. And I, whatever, I, I gave him some really bad reasons, right? You have a script for that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a script for that. Yeah. I threw it out there and they, they were like, all right, that's fine. And I went back into my office and I was sitting there and I'm like, man, that was just like, that was coward, man. That was just a coward move. And so yeah. I walked back out and I said, Hey fellas, uh, I wasn't a hundred percent honest with you in my last conversation. So I want to tell you why I'm not going to go with you to have a drink. You did this. You I said did this. this, dude, I did this. Yeah, and, dude, he's living what we're just talking about. He's, no, like, I haven't understood no. it. he's doing it one moment in my life. Right. But, <laughs> but, but I did it and I, and they looked at me like I was absolutely nuts. Right. Yeah. And then I said, all right, thanks fellas. And walked back into my, into my office. But but I, but there's so many times like, yeah, I, I may have succeeded in that moment, but I was just telling someone the other day, I'm like, what, what is the conversation you have with yourself that holds you back? Right. I'm telling them that. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm having, I'm having a hundred different conversations that are, that are keeping me out of the places I should be. Well, right? Tyler, it's like, like that quote I shared with uh, James Clear, right? Author of Atomic Habits. I, uh, he, he talked about the power of this exercise, right? What if you took a blank page at the top of the blank page every day, you wrote the question, what do I actually want? And you sat with that. And over time that would turn into action, right? He even says, it's surprising how useful it is to keep asking the same question. Each time my answer became more precise. Once I knew what I wanted, it turned into action steps. I would, I would extend that even further. What if we sat down at the start of our day, whatever that looks like, right? In study, in prayer, pondering, and said, what am I afraid of? Yeah. Because I have had situations where if you look back on my notes, new job, right? Starting a new job, it's like, you're playing small. What are you afraid of, Mike? Mm. Like that question surfaces. The problem is, Gary, I don't sit with it. Well, maybe, Mike, the, the exercise is that you have that list of things that you, you want to accomplish. Maybe we need to have a, a side-by-side list of the things that we're afraid of. I mean, honestly, like if, if you were to look at that and visualize that, you know what I mean? Like, because there, there are things where I tell myself that, Hey, you know, this is not, you're, you're not doing it a hundred percent, right? You're not, you're not all in on this point. And then I walk out the front door and I do the exact same thing that I just told myself that I, that I do. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. you know, but I, I mean, I had a pivotal moment the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to read a particular chapter in the book of Mormon that lights my fire has ever since I joined the church. Actually, there's three verses in 3 Nephi chapter 12 that changed my life. I was actually intent. I was sitting down with a friend. I was wrestling with whether I'm going to make a decision and join this church or not. I had had some experiences, and I went to my friend and said, I am afraid of the persecution that you got when you joined the church. And I don't want people to treat me like people treated you, right? Well, that's and an Christ, authentic conversation. I love when, that. Yeah, and, and for whatever reason, right, I was in that frame of mind. That conversation unlocked everything that I am and everything that 
everything that my family's been blessed with. Wow. I don't know why I had that conversation. I don't know why I had the courage to have that conversation. I don't even know where the self-honesty came from, but that was a huge stumbling block. And my friend marked three verses, right? Where Christ says, blessed are all they that are persecuted for my name's sake. Give us the verses, Mike. <laughs> you you want to go there? I do. I want to. I, yeah. I got to write it down, my friend. <laughs> all right. So it's. Uh, I wrote it's, down 3rd Nephi 12. Let's do it. Yeah. That's yeah. What I got. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's. Let, I'll, I'll pull it up. It's 3rd Nephi 12. And I want to say 12 and 13. Let's pull it up. And blessed are ye when men shall revile. So, so verses 10 through 12. And blessed are all they who are persecuted for my name's sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For ye shall have great joy and be exceedingly glad, for great shall be your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. That's also in the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount with Christ. Yeah, right. That's right. Right? Right? Yeah. But like, I, I, I went to my study that morning announcing to my wife, I'm reading my verses today, right? Like those verses are going to be, talk about legacy, those verses are going to be what my grandchildren know. Grandpa, Grandpa Mike joined the church because a friend marked those three verses and addressed his concern. The crazy thing is it's not like I've been, I've been persecuted, right? But that right. was a fear of mine. And so, I, I really think that, Tyler, you're spot on. If I went to that list and said, what's the obstacle there? Why are you afraid of doing that? And just yeah. sat with it. You'd probably start eliminating excuses, right? Like, Tyler, if you go back to your mind and into, into that experience with your coworkers, what about that day put you in that mode where you could have that courageous conversation and go back and say, hey, here's where we're at, right? And it's almost like if we can do it once, it can be replicated. You yeah, know? yeah, that's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. I, 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 two things you said, love that you shared that. Um, sitting with it is really important, but I think we live in a time where all of us have a really hard time sitting with ourselves without trying to reach to numb. Yeah. So we'll numb it with a swipe down for Facebook. We'll numb it for a Twitter, Twitter so status true. update. And so we will sit down, journal in hand, all the right paraphernalia around us. <laughs> but then we, then we go, oh man, this, this makes, I mean, 15 seconds in, this makes me feel super uncomfortable. Hold on. What did Sally have for lunch yesterday on Facebook, <laughs> right? I mean, this is what we're doing. And we're numbing it, right? Yeah, yeah. People numb it through social media. They numb it through booze. They numb it through porn. They numb it through whatever. Right. People are doing that because they're numbing. It's not because, you know, there, there's all kinds of things. But ultimately, something needs to get numbed. It hurts. It's weird. It's raw, right? So we, we have to have the ability to sit with things long enough. And sometimes, and, and also sit with it long enough, understanding I may not get an answer in this session, I may not get an answer in the next session. It, you know, some answers come quickly, others don't. Why that works, I don't know, but it does. And so part of it is sitting with it. The other part about your verse is I've got a story that's less than like a week old, all right? And so maybe, maybe I went through this so I could share it with you guys. Um, I was asked, uh, because of the growth of the show and, and people heard me in other places, 
I was asked to do a, a video for our mission here in the Houston area about our story. Now, I, part of me kind of twitches at that because trying to condense it into a vignette I think is really unfair because it just doesn't tell the whole story. And so part Jamie, of me, just so you know, just so you know, Gary, your story's made it to NorCal. I've seen the video. Yeah. See, there you go. The, the yeah. thing just went crazy. Right. Yeah. And, and so um, that's cool. Thanks. Um, but I, I worry about that. And we might talk about this later. We may not, but I, I worry about those kind of stories about conversion because they're so condensed and it's just like the greatest hits. There's so much on the cutting room floor that people don't see. Like the director's cut would scare most people to death, right? <laughs> but, but that's the greatest hits. So I do this. I shot it in three takes. I edited it down to 13 minutes. They ended up putting up the captions and the other stuff on it. And I sent it. I sent it to the mission president. I said, hey, of course, because you asked me, I'd like you to vet this. I want to honor what you're, what you're trying to do. Let me know if you need me to do anything different. No, this is great. This is awesome. Thank you. I didn't hear anything about it for weeks. And then it hits the net and it starts going kind of viral, right? Well, I'm minding my own business on this. Didn't realize, you know, I don't read comments. I don't do all that kind of stuff because, you know, comments on places like YouTube and Facebook are really the bathroom wall. And so I'm like, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and, and so, but I had gone out to where it was sitting on a YouTube channel um, and, I, and I had periodically engaged with some of the people that had commented because they said some really nice things and it had helped them. So I just wanted to have a conversation with them just to say, hey, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. I think acknowledging when people do certain things, it's a good practice. So I, I like to go out Amen. there and do that when I can. And, but someone had said in one of the comments, you know, the only reason I, I discovered your podcast and they had mentioned somebody who, and they said, Somebody did an expose video about your video. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. So like an idiot, I go look it up. And so somebody um, had, who is obviously not of my faith, um, had did a, did a react video to my video that I did for the mission because it had been shared out with so many people, basically talking about how I was leading people astray, going to hell, heretic. I mean, all of the worst of the worst, right? Yeah. And, and like 900 comments of just our faith, me, the video just being just torn to shreds. Yeah. And when my first reaction, I remember getting off and the problem was I couldn't keep it from my wife. She caught it and saw it and we started to read it and that I didn't want her to see. And, and she saw it and it was really ugly. And, and so my first reaction that night when all the lights went out and the kids are in bed, my very first reaction, this shows you how, how far I still need to go, Tyler. I'm with you on that bus. <laughs> my very first reaction, I texted to um, a good friend who happens to be a state president in another state who's a big fan and supporter of our show. I say, hey, um, do you think I should just table the show and stop? It's my first reaction. <laughs> Why? Because I was afraid that more was going to come to your, to your point, Mike, right? So I was afraid this is just the beginning. There's going to be more people doing this kind of stuff and saying, I mean, to think that somebody took the time to do a react <laughs> video and post it. Like, I'm like, wow, dude, that's so weird. But they did. And it, it was hurtful. And like, I didn't like it. But my very first reaction was the opposite. 
of, of, of Timothy, right? It was fear. But then the very, I, I prayed before I went to sleep. I prayed for the people that made the video. Um, I, I prayed for the people that had commented on it. Um, but I also just asked for some peace around it because I owned it in prayer. Lord, this makes, this whole thing makes me super uncomfortable. I'm afraid of more people saying this and my wife sees it. It's just really, it's really, it's just bad. Well, I wake up the next morning with so much peace and I couldn't explain it. Peace that passes all understanding, right? And not because I liked that people were saying that because I don't, I don't think it's fair. I think it's pretty ugly, but, but what changed was I thought it, Instead of running, which is what I wanted to do when I initially heard it, I just wanted to run away. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I've recorded almost 100 episodes. We're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads, and I'm ready to just drop it, like, because I'm going, it's uncomfortable. But then I wake up the next morning after a good prayer session, and I go, wait a minute. It, it, in the next 48 hours after, I received more than one note, more than one DM, and it went something like this. Gary... I don't know you. I saw this video of yours. Somebody shared on Facebook. Somebody was on YouTube. I've started to read the Book of Mormon. I, I'm, I'm really starting to get interested. What are my next steps? And, and I'm going, shut the front door. That's, that's the whole point, right? That's like, that's why we're doing this. And, but not just that, but it really helped me solidify this decision that we did make this trial, this, this ugly thing that felt really weird. And I think the Lord allowed it to happen to me, not because he wants to hurt me, but because it was the, the very night before we're getting ready to celebrate our year anniversary in the church. And we were having some talks about, you know, did we do the right thing? Or, you know, did this, there was this thing that felt weird, you know, how do we feel now? And there were some question marks, little ones. Sure. There were question marks. And in the next 48 hours after that really bad event, our testimony was even, was just, it's like the Lord pulled, poured cement on it and just locked it in like that. strong through that experience. And so, but it started, my first reaction was run away. Like this is this, I was afraid that, well, what, this could happen again. And it will, inevitably it will. Um, but it, it was interesting to me. And thankfully I just got to prayer quick, right? Because I was like, Lord, I just, should I just drop it? I'm, just, I'm scared. I'm, you know, whatever. And, but I think it also spoke to, I think we have to put things in context, these things that we're afraid of in life. And sometimes we have to talk to ourselves like we're kind of a neutral consultant, right? So I come in and I'm telling myself, so Gary, let me get this straight. You're thinking about shelving a podcast that has helped, according to the stats, a whole fleet load of people. I mean, tons of people every day you know, at a thousand clicks a day, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's cranking. Yeah. And you're going to walk away because someone who's never met you doesn't know anything about you made a video on YouTube and you're going to think about stopping what you're doing. Help me make sense of that. And when you start coming in kind of hard on yourself that way, but with clarity, you got, you kind of shake yourself loose, right? You're like, well, what, what are you doing? Like come to your senses, right? And you kind of shake yourself out of the fear. Yeah, I love that, man. It makes me think of, uh, makes me think of Jacob, uh, is it 7-5, right? Where he talks about, he, he's sort of, he's, he's, he's talking about all the past experiences that he has. And he says, okay, these things make it an unshakable faith. 
right? Yeah. And, and, and then I think too about people, you know, he, and it's funny because in Jacob, he says, I've had angels speak to me, but right. And that's one of his experiences he recalls, yeah. but here you are talking about, I had, I had strangers DM me and quite yeah. frankly, that's, that's angelic, right? Yeah. I, at, a, at a moment like that, to be able to say, Unbelievable. Oh, uh, I can I can keep going forward. This is poured, it's poured cement on on my faith and it's when, uh, solidified it. I love that. Man. And whether it's challenges, whether it's adversity, whether I mean, when when we are tried, we have to have those moments that you go back to, like to yeah. Tyler's point about remembering. You know, you go back to those times. My daughter in her farewell talk talked about. I let me tell you what I know. And let me tell you how I know it. And she can go to moments, moments where hard moments, right? Saying goodbye to loved ones. But you know that there's more to this life, mm. right? Because the Holy Ghost told you in your mind and in your heart in that moment, and you can go back to that. So when it's all st- dust storming around, and that's actually, to me, a sign of the truth. I know that sounds weird. But no, me, I agree. I totally agree. Where the yeah. dust storm is, that's where the adversary is at, right? If, if it wasn't big, if what you were doing wasn't touching lives, no one would give a rip. No, no one would care. No yeah, one would yeah. care, yeah. right? And, and I'm not even, I, I appreciate you praying for those people. I did. Because I'm doing a daily. Saul, yeah. Right? To me, there's energy in that opposition that is is actually good. Yeah. That sounds wild to think, even think about, but Paul before Paul was Saul and Saul was a bad dude, right? The second that Saul comes to an understanding scales removed from his eyes, he becomes the greatest missionary the church has ever seen. Come on. Right. And so I really think that, you know, sometimes, sometimes turning into that, and saying, hey, enemy, I love you, right? I, I love you. I don't know what I did. I don't yeah. know what buttons I pushed. I don't know. I'm just doing what I know to be true. It's right? funny. It's like Joseph friend. Smith said, I know I saw it. Yeah. I know yeah. God knows, and I'm going to be held accountable for it and let the pieces fall where they may. Doesn't it kind of remind you? We had a guest, Gary, a few, few months back, David Hill. And he, he talked about an experience where they, yeah. he, he, he's not a member of our faith, but he's a, he's a strong Christian guy. And he yeah. was talking about how he, he rode a Vespa to church all the time, right? And he was doing work with the youth. And one day he came out after his, uh, after, after his meeting and his Vespa was on top of a bonfire. They were burning it. They, these kids had taken his, his Vespa and burned it. And we said, what did you think when you saw that? And he said, man, I thought I'm probably onto something really good here. If, uh, if what a great response, response, right? What a great response. response. I'm like, that's crazy. Uh, Oh, I have have a good friend, a guy named Tanner Guzzi has a great podcast, um, called spiritual arson. And, and he, he is very, I called him the the night that it happened. And, and he said, one of his first things was, well, Gary, that's because you're over the target. And, and I, and I, that, that expression, I thought, oh dude, you're, I get it. Like he's one of these guys that'll just level you with a sentence. Like I, I, it'll take me seven paragraphs and Tanner just says like (laughs) one sentence and I'm like, okay, I got it. Thank you. Bye. You know, but (laughs) it it really, it really was. um, 
and again, my, my hope in that the growth was not only the solidifying of our testimony in a very profound way. I mean, it was like, I mean, some of you immediate answers to prayer, but, um, but it was also, it, it softened my heart at the same time in a hard moment because the first mm-hmm. thing that I, that I wanted to do before that, or, or, or at least before the day ended was I wanted to start pressing in and praying for those folks, not, not praying for those folks. They agree with me or join my church or lay off or no, I'm praying for their families. I'm praying for their well-being, their, their finances, their stuff. Just, just want them to be well. And, and it changes the, the, you know, in that moment, it's real easy to get hard, real easy to get cynical, real easy to get in that kind of state. And, and, you know, that, that's not a place I want to be in. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm happy being the guy that's, that's preaching it hard, but I, I want to make sure my heart is still soft while I'm doing it. Well, I love the idea. The temptation is to pray that they'll change. Yeah. No. And, and, and I, I just wonder sometimes what God's face looks like when he receives those prayers. I, I tell you the first person that needs to change in that prayer yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, we're on our knees saying, "Hey, can you please change my neighbor?" Yeah, my neighbor and, uh, needs yeah. to change, and, yeah, and he's probably—he's just—he's up there, yeah. and he's like, "You know, that's not the game I'm doing, right? You know, that's not it." What a great, yeah. The thing it's that true. we can do is we can pray to have our hearts soft and, and keep them soft, and we can pray that we can we can love people, and and yeah. because because think about who we claim to follow. That's right. And think about his prayers offered. And think about the way he extended love to people that persecuted and crucified, right? Yeah. It's, it's on us to be like him. And yeah. yeah, that's a tall charge. Oh, sure. To be perfect. Yeah. But actually, when I think of perfect, I think of complete. And when I think of complete, I think of your word there, Gary, like authentic. Yeah. And go to him with, don't go to him with vain repetition and like you know tyler and i we've talked before about man i really need to just change the way i pray and let him in let him in on what work is looking like let him in on the things that are tripping me up instead of like oh no we're good go to script right go go to evening prayer script (laughs) that's right i think sometimes we approach prayer and we i think we we whether we do it consciously or not we turn it into a lecture where God is the audience and we're lecturing him on what's <laughs> happening instead of going, I'd love to invite you to a conversation. Here's what's going on. What are your thoughts? You know, it's yeah. very different. We got to move from lecture to conversation. Yeah. I okay. So I, I got to know, I got to know we, 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 we got into some things and that was great conversation. I just want to, yeah. <laughs> I just want to circle back really quick, Gary, because from the get go, I have loved the energy and, and zeal that you bring to this life, right? This fire that you have. Thank you. And you talked a little bit about growing up and you talked about parental influence. Mm-hmm. Can you let me know where that fire comes from? That fire of faith, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it sounds like you got some structure in the military. Walk us, walk us through those, those years. So the, the fire in, around the faith really came from sitting under just amazing teachers for a really long time. Great preachers, great men of God who thundered home um, the message of faith. You know, faith cometh by hearing, hearing cometh by the word of God. And so they were, I, I sat under great word of faith teachers, great fundamental Baptist preachers, old time Baptist preachers that, um, 
you know, whether it's long distance, listening to them on old cassettes or CDs or, or, you know, in the modern day, I'm still a sermon junkie. I listen. I mean, I know people think he must listen to conference talks all day. I'm like, mm, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I, I listen to a lot of hard preaching because I need it. Um, and, and so it was, the fire was lit early because I, I, the first person I ever heard preach, 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 um, was a pastor out of Seattle, Washington, named Casey Treat. And Casey is still pastoring in Seattle and amazing man. And I was living in California. This is before I joined the military. I had a lot of hair. I know that's hard for you to think about, Tyler. I know, I know what <laughs> but I had a lot of hair. And, uh, and I, was, I was working as a musician. And I was, you know, in everything that you can think that goes along with that. So for anybody that's sensitive and had these perfect straight lines, that wasn't me. All right. So, um, so I, but. One morning, 10 o'clock, I never forget, that's when he came on. He came on TBN, the famous Trinity Broadcasting Network. And I'm like eating, like, I'm like eating breakfast, which back then, you know, I was living in like a roach motel basic apartment and it was like, you know, toast, right? Because, you know, <laughs> musician in LA. And so two pieces of toast, you were balling. And so I'm, I'm, having, I'm having my two pieces of toast and I'm flipping and here's Casey preaching. And I got to tell you guys, I could not turn it off. Like I was like, what? And so I'm just like fascinated. So every day I start watching him at 10 o'clock. So much so that he keeps giving all this Bible, this very Bible dense. And so I'm like, I don't have one of those. I'm like, where do you get one? And I couldn't like go to eBay at the time. This is pre-eBay. I'm dating myself. So I go to a Christian bookstore, whatever. And, and I remember, good night. I will never forget this. They had this huge, like, it looked like a produce bin, and it was full of all these used Bibles. And, like, if it was now, I would just buy all of them. I have a huge Bible collection because I just, I can't get enough of them. And so I, I, so I pick up the first one. I didn't know about translations. I didn't know anything, and it was here, and it looked rustic. And I was like, okay, this looks official. I'll get this one. And so I, I go back, and I'm trying to follow along with Casey because he's ripping it so fast. And, and I started that journey. And I remember reading the Gospel of John for the first time, and I'm listening to Casey. And then I started, you know, listening to other teachers of that ilk that were just incredible at preaching the word of faith. And, um, and so from that, it was just a constant drip. But then it was, I was hearing it, and I was reading it, and, and just in hyper doses. I mean, and I, and I, I still do the same thing today. And um, and then it was later on when I was still in the military, there was a, there was a particular website that had real old fashioned fundamental Baptist preaching audio on it. And it was the first time now I'd gone from word of faith preachers that, that really gave me that, that sort of charismatic fired up, jumped the pews, God's a God of miracles. Let's do this thing. Um, to, the first time I heard real face ripping preaching, like rebuke, correct, exhort, like these guys were fire. And when I heard that, it was like the next hook in me. And I was like, oh, game over. Like I, and I, and I got tied into what is typically known as the independent fundamental Baptist movement. So I was listening to great preachers, you know, Tony Hudson, Curtis Hudson, Jack Hiles, Sammy Allen. I mean, just, just on and on. And 
And I'm, you know, I'm sitting there with my kid. Now I knew what the translations were. We were King James. I was doing that and we were studying and studying and studying. And, and so I, I think that the fire was, a, was, was, was birthed and fed over years of hearing and watching the model of other men doing it and, and, and seeing how they not, not just in the pulpit, but they were applying this in the dark times in the great times and the in-between times. And, um, and it just, I wanted what they had. And, and so when I first, so, so, so for Latter-day Saint listeners, they, they don't necessarily understand this jargon, but when I first got saved, I was, it was 1998 and I'd been knee deep in, in the word of faith and it was awesome. And, and I, and I mean, look, if you, if you hijack my phone right now, you look at my stream, it's going to be a bunch of word of faith, fire preachers. And, and it's great. And so, um, you know, I got, I got baptized and we did the thing in, in, in 1998, but, and then I joined the military shortly thereafter, but the whole time, I just wanted to be around people that were really, really excited about Jesus. And so I got around good communities. I got around good preachers. I got around good people. And um, that's really what set it off for me. So the enthusiasm, the delivery, the cadence of how I teach when I teach live and what I do on the podcast, I mean, that is all the, the, the fruit of many years of an amalgam of all those teachers that poured into me for so long. I mean, you're talking about a regular diet of this stuff since 1998. So um, that's a a lot of sermons, a lot of study. So that's where it came from for me. Gary, I'm wondering, uh, people are interesting and I think everyone's everyone's different. And I think the way God works with people is different. And it's as different as everyone is an individual. When you Mm -hmm. you talk about that being saved in 1998, can you point to a moment or you know, it, you said drip by drip. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny when we, I think you and I were talking, I think we were talking about this in our kind of one of our pre-chats, but um, I can't point to a moment where it was like 7.30 on Wednesday night and they were singing just as I am. And I went down to the front <laughs> and that was the moment. Like I can't do that. And, and uh, I, that made me an oddity where I came from because most people had that story. And I was like, I don't, I don't, my, I, I kind of felt mine was kind of like progressive revelation, right? It was kind of like one step at a time. But, but I think that I knew, um, I remember reading one of my earliest kind of long distance mentors kept like drumming. He said, just keep reading John, keep reading the gospel of John, keep reading the gospel of John. And so I'm like reading John, reading John over and over and over again. And I, I, I knew that this person the person of Jesus was, I just wanted so much to know him. I, I didn't know what all that meant theologically at the time. I didn't know all the words. I didn't know all the, you know, shtick like I do now. Right. right. But I, I didn't have that script yet. I just knew that like, man, there's this stuff happening. And if he did it for them, I, I want him to do it for me. That's, that's, that was the simple, right. That's what I thought. And I still do. I still, if he's doing it for them in the Bible and he's doing it in the book of Mormon, he can do it for you and he can do it for me. Amen. I mean, that's just the way it is. And and so I, that's when I I don't think there was one moment. Um, I think it was a lot of that dripping and I think it was a lot, and there wasn't one person. Like it wasn't one person that gave me like this incredible apologetic argument that got me over, you know, I don't think revival ever happens at the end of an apologist's pen. It happens by the work and moving of the Holy ghost. 
I mean, come on. And so I, I, I think that that, that is, that's how it happened for me. And I'm just so grateful. Like now I, I think someone, someone just reached out to me and, and they said, you know, I appreciate that you bring all these different kind of voices into the way that you teach. And I responded back and I told him I appreciated it. I said, you know, if I had to summarize it, I said, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I preach like a, like an old time Baptist. Most of the time I worship like a Pentecostal. I pray and study in a very liturgical way that is very Catholic. Um, And, and, but the Jersey I wear is a Latter-day Saint. So that's the way it turned out. And, and for the longest time, I, I really was trying to like either play hide the ball with that or not lean into it, as you said. Now I just lean into it because God has used all those things and I'm, I'm grateful for every bit of it. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those things. And, and so I don't, I, I, I think not only do, do I appreciate that now and what God did for me, but I think it helps me recognize how God's going to move differently in different people's lives. And I make a big mistake when I'm like, well, you know, the path you're taking is different than mine. You know, this is the right path. Eh. Right. There's a lot of different ways that, 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 that God can work in a person's life to bring them where he wants them to go. Amen. There's, I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, this, the, this idea that we have to all march down the same path to get to the destination is, is crazy, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. be, and, and think of the, the experiences that we have right? Whether, wherever we're at on whatever path we're on that, that push us closer to that direction. And if we're of the mindset that we're, that we're seeking, I mean, you're going to end up in the right spot, right? I mean, that's the, at the end of the day, right? But I, I I think it's so important to, you you talk about progressive revelation. I, Mm -hmm. I love that idea. I think that's super important because, you know, I've had, I've had conversations with people and they, and they say things like, well, I've never, you know, seen this or I've never felt this or I've never experienced this big thing mm-hmm. that can put me where I where I need to be so I can have my faith sort of validated through that experience. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's important to talk about that idea that, you know, there's all of these little experiences, right? All of these yeah. these these different conversations, all of these, you know, different perspectives. And then and and we're feeling the spirit as we're going along. We may not be recognizing that at the time. But I go back to that, that idea of Alma talking to his sons, right? He's, he kind of lays it out. Like, look, here's where I was. And look at all these things that happened along the way. And bam, here we are having this conversation today. Well, and Tyler, think about, think about the movie, right? That we're named after. Think about George Bailey. It's right. about having eyes to see. Yeah. Nothing changed. Yeah, right. He was given kind of a new perspective on things. And all of a That's sudden good. it's like... Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was there on that moment. Oh my goodness. He's given me this. He's given me the love of a good woman. He's given me kids. He's given, you know, and, and, and I, I want to live God. I love it's that. like, here, yeah. put these on, you know, yeah. put these glasses on and look at your yeah. life through these, through these eyes. And that's really what, that's really what the spirit does for us. Right. Yeah, it helps powerful, us. Mike. It helps us see what we're missing. And a lot of us are missing it. We're going right on by. And there's things that are happening left and right. His hand is in our lives. And man, it would, we would be a rich person if we could just stop and recognize that. Yeah, and I think, I think it's important to, to at least acknowledge that, look, I'm missing a lot of things. 
right, right now, right? I'm missing a lot of things. And I think it's important to acknowledge that it's a process of trying to dial it in, tune it yeah. in a little bit better, right? And, and see, like you said, Mike, have eyes to see so we can recognize some of those things. Because, Wouldn't you know, that be I'm, an interesting prayer, you know, every day. Yeah. God, help me to see what I'm missing. Yeah. You know, what am I missing? Yeah. Yeah. What am I missing? Or end of the day, what did I miss today? Go ahead and lay it on me because I know that I did. Well, and I think it's that repentance, that daily repentance that. is really a change of mind, right? And it's like- That's what it is. You know, that game, it's that game, Tyler. Yeah. You know, we're not really strangers. Yeah. One of the questions is, have you changed your mind about something recently? You know, and that's really- Where do I start? That's the invitation <laughs> that, that is to us every day, right? To yeah. repent is to change our mind about something, to change our mind yeah. about- okay, Mike, you're thinking about this wrong. God help me think about this right. Think about this person right. Think about this situation right. right? But we, humility's got to be top of the list. And if we're not humble, it's not Just, happening. Speaking of lists, I, I, I want to start another list, right? Of what did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> right? I mean, geez, I, I love that. Man. What did I miss today? Yeah. So, so Gary, can, can you talk... Where, where do you become active in, in preaching? And, and can you talk about Crystal and, and when you guys met and sort of your journey yeah. together in that? Yeah. Um, thank you for asking about Crystal. When I come on things, I think I said this to you guys, when I come on and do interviews or people ask me to do videos or whatever, no one ever asks about her. And I'm like, wow, you guys should really be talking about her. Yeah. <laughs> what she had to deal with and put up with me in this. Um, so Crystal and I met when I was in the Air Force. Um, I was a, um, what you would, I was an instructor at basic training. So what you think of as a drill instructor, big hat, marching, yelling, that was me. And so shocker. Um, so <laughs> I, um, so I was, uh, I worked like constantly and the schedule was just brutal. You know, you're up at three 30, your day would end at like 10 o'clock that night when you had a flight of kids that you were training. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time to be like, you know, being the single cat. So I put an ad out on match.com at the time thinking nothing's going to happen. Well, something did happen. She reached out to me and we started a conversation. So we met on match. We're like totally the success story here. Right. And, and so, um, and ironically, ironically, she had said like in one of our first conversations, Oh yeah, I definitely would never be with somebody in the military. And of course I'm in sales and marketing. The first objection, I'm just ignoring. That's not an objection. That's a complaint. So I'm like, oh yeah, totally. I hear you. I hear you. So moving on. Um, so we, we just closed over the objection, but, um, and we were, we were, we were married literally 13 months later. Wow, and, awesome. um, and we're the only time we were ever apart in all of this, like a day that I didn't see her or then after we were married that we were ever apart was when I deployed, when I did, you know, stuff over in Afghanistan. But um, so during that time, I was, I was going, I was doing my um, seminary work at, at Liberty Theological Seminary. The start of it, I was doing it online at a distance because the military was helping me pay for that. And, and we, I really felt called that I needed to be, I, I wanted to preach after all this stuff that we had talked about, all those years of listening and studying all that stuff. And so um, we started it with 15 folding chairs in our living room. Wow. It was Narragate Baptist church. And, and, um, the first, the first, the first, uh, meeting was, was a wild success. It was me, my wife, our then newborn baby and two cats. That's who I preached to 
Sunday morning. <laughs> and I preached hard, y'all. Like I preached it like there was, it was revival and there was 50,000 people there. And, and was it well received? That's, that's the question. It was. I got it. Right, good, Come on. I, think the, I think the cat got saved. No, <laughs> people getting all nervous. I got an email now. Cats don't get saved. Um, so there's always a Pharisee out there to correct you. But so well, cats I, are I, out. Cats are out. Dogs are in. Exactly. That's right. So we could get all Calvinistic with it. The, the, the dogs are the chosen. But um, so, so the interesting thing was then the next meeting, um, same group, nobody came. Third meeting, we had our first visitor. Fourth meeting, we had like three visitors. And then it just, it just came from there. And I was, even though I was, um, you know, nobody was there. There was like three people in the beginning. I was recording all the messages and I was putting them on this site that I told you guys about. Nice, yeah. And so people were downloading and people were listening. And so if you listen to it on the audio, it was hilarious. I was preaching, like if you listen to the audio, you thought this guy's preaching to a big group of people. Because I was selling it like they were all there. Well, hold on, hold on, Gary. The <laughs> internet is forever. So can we find this? No, I took them all down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know. Yeah. I, 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 man, that took oh, we would have dropped, we would have dropped that in the show notes. You should have. Yeah. None of it. Quick. You know, it's funny. I, I, I should have left it up. None of it was like anti LDS or anything. Right. It was just hard, hard gospel preaching. Right. Yeah. And, but I did take it all down. So, so but Gary, I, really, really quick. Let me ask you this question. Cause yeah. You could name your church anything. Yeah. Why Narrowgate? Well, so folks would, would recognize from, from the King James, you know, narrow is the way, straight is the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea was, is that if we're really doing this thing right, we're not on the wide road that leads to destruction. We're on the narrow one. And, and, and so um, that's why we called it Narrowgate. And um, but it was, it was interesting in the beginning, it went through a couple of, you know, versions like it mattered. There was like three people in the room. I don't know what I thought I was marketing to. Like, hey, you gotta, well, act, you gotta act big, right? Yes, right. You do, you do. You gotta, and I mean, you, you know, big. one of my, one of my early long distance mentors, I'd never met him personally, but he started his church in a very similar way. And in the beginning he would shoot the video from the side. So it was just him in the pulpit. And you would never see the seats because there was like four people there, right? He ultimately grew that church to be super big and very successful. And he's, and, and he's a very passionate minister of the gospel. But I, in the beginning, I didn't do video, but I had the audio. And, and again, I never lied about it. I was just, I was preaching like the room was full. I was calling those things that are not as though they are, right? I mean, I'm preaching faith. And so when people would listen to it, they'd be like, oh man, they're, they're thumping down over there at Narragate. And so more people would come. And, 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 and so we were, yeah, just started in the living room and Crystal would help me set up the chairs and, and she'd be front row Joe, man. She'd just be there amen and shouting with a little baby on her lap. And That's so awesome. then I remember when we moved to the, the, the uh, hotel meeting space and then we thought, you know, we, we've arrived. There's like, so hundred like seats. Did she understand, <laughs> did she understand dating early on that she was heading for a preacher's wife? Like, did you let her in on what, on, on what that was going to look like? I know. I, I think, I think, it, <laughs> I think it, I think it kind of organically happened because I, I wasn't as serious about all of it. It was after we got married, I really got into the, the kind of real thumping hard, hard preaching. And I told you that was the hook that got in me. Like I was sold. And I remember when she first, she would hear me listening to it and I'm in my, you know, I'm studying and, 
she would hear the sermons. And I remember she was very candid with me. She's like, she's like, man, those guys are rough. And cause I mean, they're just, they're just, they're not coming up there to make friends. Well, it's, right, called, right. it's called face ripping, right? Yeah. You're ripping face. Come on. And, and so I, um, and, but I told her, I said, well, we'll get past the style. Listen to what they're saying. And so she would, she'd wake up every morning, she'd study with me and we'd go through the notes and she was, she'd like, you know what? You're right. I'm judging on style. She's like, and then when she would hear me preach, I wasn't as heavy as some of my mentors, but I was heavy enough that you certainly knew what was going on. And, and um, but she was always just so incredibly supportive. And then when, you know, the first time she saw that I was sitting over in the corner in my study reading a book of Mormon, even then she was like, okay. Like, I think she thought I was going to do like a series of sermons on why it was a bunch of bunk. And, yeah. um, and I was like, no, that's, that's not why it's not why I'm reading this thing. By the way, we're meeting with the missionaries on the phone later. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it was kind of like, but she's always just been fiercely supportive and so loyal with all of it. Even when I didn't have all the answers, she was all in. She's like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. I don't need to know all the hows. You said we're doing it. We're doing it. And, mm-hmm. um, and just believed on faith. She's a woman of faith and she's a woman of the word. And so she just, she walks that. that. Yeah. And that's a gift right there, right? hundred percent. Yeah. That's a gift yeah. right there. Gary. So you go from living room to the hotel, mm-hmm. right? So you've got, you're, you're, you're gaining some uh, momentum here. Yeah. Where, where, where does it go from the, from the hotel? Stay, and it, stayed there. Okay. Yeah. So you stayed there. And, and yeah, because I was a bivoc- I'm a bivocational preacher, right? So I had a regular day job. Right. I mean, we had people, people would sow some seed and, and help out when they could, but we weren't, like, I wasn't on, that. our kind of church didn't do that. Like, you worked. Okay. So I was kind of already pre-wired for this LDS thing, right? So, <laughs> right. I mean, it was, it was, you worked a job and you also did this. And so we, we met there and that's where, you know, I didn't want to go beyond that because then we'd have to get building space and leases and everything else. And I just yeah. was like, dude, we don't want to get wrapped up into this yet. And then we moved, uh, job stuff changed for me. We relocated here to Katy, Texas. Because so we were in San Antonio for all the story I just told okay. you. And um, so we come up here and I wasn't, like I wasn't going to start something right away. I thought I might want to, but we kind of went into a period. I was kind of getting transitioned into a new gig and we're, we're sorting it out. We'd had another baby since then. And so, you know, we're kind of getting all that worked out. And, um, and then it was, you know, halfway through that, that the, 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 I come colliding into the Book of Mormon and then the whole thing gets flipped. So, yeah. So tell, how, how, do you, how do you come in contact with the Book of Mormon and, and what, what's your initial reaction? And can you kind of take us through that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, so I was, um, I was driving to a sales call across town in Houston and there's no nice way to do that. Like it's long and painful and you know, saints become sinners on a drive across the way. It's just traffic. It's horrible. And so I knew that I, it was a long drive. It's a true story. And I, I stopped by a, a store to get like a Gatorade and like a Snickers because I didn't want to be hangry on my sales call. Having it's that impulse candy, man. Gary, I can't say no to that. Listen, there are a few, there are a few problems that can't be solved by a good Snickers. Come on. Um, so, so I, I, um, that, that's sacred almost. So I, 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 um, I get it. And I'm a podcast consumer, ironically, now that I have a, a pretty well-known podcast, but I, I, I go to my podcast list because I need something to listen to. 
iTunes and all their infinite wisdom will give you recommended shows based on some of the other stuff you've listened to. For uh, whatever reason, there was the audio of the Book of Mormon came up as a suggestion. I have no idea why I hit play because I wasn't supposed to hit play. Like that was not in the script. But it's almost like, you know, I just like couldn't stop it. I just hit play and I said, oh, whatever. It's something different. It'll keep me awake while I'm driving across town. So I'm listening to Witnesses, Plates, Nephi, Zarahemla. I'm going, what is going on? Like, I have no idea. Um, but I kept listening. And so uh, when I'd go on my sales call and do all these drives, I was listening to the audio. And then I, I uh, again, another recommended podcast, I, I started listening to Sherry Do interview leaders in the church. Mm-hmm. There's a podcast called Conversations. That'll yeah. do it. And, and yeah, well, here, here, let me tell you, let me tell you what did it. First two people I listened to, Elder Bednar, done. Elder Holland, game over. Done. Game over. So, <laughs> right. so I, I listened to those two and I'm like, okay. So I used to say, something's in the water over there. I kept telling Crystal, something's in the water over there. I don't know what's going on. So I go to eBay because I'm like, all right, I'm a scripture guy. So I need, I need like a proper leather bound thing that I can mark up and highlight and really get into. Yeah. So I'm like, where do you do that? I'll go to eBay. So I go out to eBay. I find somebody that had an old Book of Mormon, great leather edition. Whoever the previous owner was had already highlighted a bunch of stuff for me. I'm like, great. They gave me a head start. <laughs> and so I get it and I just start going. Cover to cover, start over. Cover to cover, start over. Mm-hmm. Cover to cover. I mean, just over and over and over again. And um, that's how I first became exposed to it. So it came through a podcast to a second podcast to me ordering it on eBay and reading it, you know, just on repeat, wow. you know, just every day. Yeah. That's how I first, and I didn't, and, and I, I, what I, I encourage people that, that ask me now, I didn't do any, like, I love when everybody wants to become a researcher all of a sudden when they get into the Book of Mormon. I didn't do any of that. I didn't, I didn't go to Google. I didn't go to YouTube. I didn't look up anything. I just read it. Yeah. And, and it said on the front so page that's a in novel, the instruction. That's a novel concept. Crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and, and so I tell this to people all the time, guys. Like, I send emails back to people who write me. I'm like, just read the book and do what the, the last two paragraphs of the introduction. You know, read it, ponder it, ask you know, and, and you'll figure it out. And so I, I just did that every day. And then, um, as it became much more of a thing and I was starting to go, Oh no, like this could be right. And, and this could be part of the script. And I say, Oh no, because I was like, you're a Baptist print. You're a Baptist preacher. Yeah. Yeah, This, this is like, yeah, this is not going to go over well. Hence that video the other day that I told you about. Um, so (laughs) Like, this is not going to go over well. And so I remember at the time, I don't know if you can still do this. At comingtochrist.org, you could talk to missionaries online. They didn't have to come out to the house. You could chat with them, which is super mm. smart, by the way. Yeah. Um, and I hope we still do because that's just the way this is, especially in a corona era. But Oh, no doubt. Um, I thought, thought that I could be secret enough because it was anonymous enough. So I went on and um, talked to two sister missionaries. And one chat led to, led to another chat. Then we did two or three phone lessons with me and my wife and them. And then we went to church for the first time. So I'd, I'd been reading the Book of Mormon for about a year-ish before I met online with the missionaries for the first time. And then 
Um, Are you aware that you have probably read it more times than those missionaries had read it? Oh, 100%. I'm aware <laughs> of it today that I've read it more than just about any member I bump into. <laughs> Big facts. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say yeah. it because I'm amazed that people have been in a thing the whole time, don't realize what they have in their hands. Yeah. Amen. So true. Sorry, Amen. we went into hard preaching there. Sorry. No, I, I love that. Man. That's, yeah. <laughs> but really, I, do, I like it baffles me. I'm like, yeah. are you what? Like, do you realize this? Yeah. But yeah, so then it was, we went to church for the first time and yeah, one thing led to another. Wow. That, that, so, in, and, and during this process, Crystal's studying with you and you guys are kind of marching, yeah. down, the, marching down the road together. Yeah, she was a little reluctant at first. Um, because that was like, I mean, where I came from, it wasn't an agnostic viewpoint of all things Latter-day Saints. I mean, it was quite visceral would be yeah. the reaction. Um, yeah. and, and so, but she was always, I mean, look, she, she's, a, she's, a, she's a Jesus woman. And so yeah. she was okay. I mean, she was open. And unfortunately or fortunately, she married a husband that's a seeker. Like yeah. you said earlier, like I'm always looking. Like I'm, I'm open. If Jesus is there, I want to know. And, and so, oh, yeah, from the very, can I, can I, can I stop right there? I love yeah. Can yeah. I highlight what you just said? Cause I'm sure. looking at Tyler right now and I'm just thinking of how many times have we had that conversation? Right. And I, yeah. I and we've got, we've got folks that listen to us from all different faiths and, and, uh, that's, and awesome, that's the way we like it. That's right. Good. And I, yeah. and I love the idea of being a, a seeker of truth. I also love the idea that as we love Jesus Christ, if somebody comes to us with information on him, yep. we're yeah. interested. Sign me up. Let's hear about it. Man. Sign me up. You've got, you've got another testament of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus Christ. I'm interested. And, and it's just interesting that that is not a natural logic model when we think of introducing the Book of Mormon to people. That's but it does come, it, there is sort of that tribe that, you know, you talk about the tribe, right? We all want to belong to a team and that's sort of the unfortunate thing, right? So we, oh, so we, so we have good. these boxes and we say, well, I'm on this team and, and I'm this, wearing this, this jersey, team is, right? right? This team is wrong. This team is right. You know, <laughs> and it's so funny because you have these conversations, like we'll have guests on this podcast that aren't members of the church, right? And we, we have these conversations about faith and at the end of it, we're like, yeah, we, we, we all believe the same thing, right? We're, we're, we're like, we're so much more similar. We've than said we that. Are, than we are different. Absolutely, we, yeah. right? Like you can't have a conversation with, like there's a, a broad brush, right? But you have these conversations with someone of faith. We're, at the end of them, we're a lot more similar than we are different. Well, right? and this podcast experience has changed my mind about that very thing, right? I mean, I think the idea is uh, some of the best people I know are Christians in other churches Amen. and some of the insight Absolutely. that they've given me into the life of the savior is things that are missing in, yeah. in my understanding of the savior, but going way back, elder Orson F. Whitney said this back in the 1800s, right? God is using more than one people for the accomplishment of his great and marvelous work. The Latter-day Saints cannot do it all. It is too vast too arduous for any one people. The gist being God has more than one people. That'll preach. And chew yeah. on that, right? <laughs> right. Think about that. 
Yeah, Mike, if you if you go back to DNC four and and you say you said this earlier, Gary, you said, you know, I, I felt like I was called to I was called to preach. Yeah. Right. I was called yeah. to teach the word. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you go back to DNC four, you know, if you're called you know, you're called to labor, right? Your desires go. Yeah, you're called yeah. to the work. And that's it, man. And I think that and, and I think that we we like to compartmentalize that and say, well, yeah, that's speaking to us as Latter day Saints. Uh, no. That's just speaking to people, man. If you have, right, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, work, right? I'm gonna get nostalgic and sappy here. But my daughter's yeah. going on a mission, so I pull out the mission tote, right? I pull out all the artifacts from my old mission in Uruguay, circa you know ninety five, ninety six. I just had a moment. I'm not doing this for other people. I just wanted to kind of remember what it was like and remember, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard leaving family. It's hard doing the yeah. things that that we were asked to do. But I'm looking at some of the pictures and I'm tearing up, Tyler. And the people I'm looking at, they weren't they didn't get baptized. Yeah. We they they welcomed us into their home. We sat, we loved on them, we served, we t- we loved their kids, we taught them, they taught us, and we walked away. Right? And like that's that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the work. Yeah, they're called to they're called to minister, they're called to teach and they're called to baptize and and wonderful. But they're also just that exchange. God has more than one people. And we better figure that out cuz in the millennium that's what it's going to be. God has one people, right? Like yeah, that's right. it. Right. Right? He has one God people. has one that's people. That's an interesting point, yeah. <laughs> right, we're we're all there. Yeah. Yeah, no that's so, so how boldly do we up, do we stand up there sometimes and we say the only true and living church on the face of the earth. And I've said, but I'm, I'm changing my mind about that in the, mm. how I say that. And how we say that needs to be welcoming of other faiths. Bring your good. Bring your good to the table of brotherhood, right? Let's have that conversation about Jesus. Let's just rejoice in Jesus Christ. Gary, I was listening to a podcast you were on, uh, Leading Saints. Yeah. Right? And the podcast host was just like, can we just rejoice in Christ? Yeah. I mean, I'm on, I'm on board. I'm on board for that party all day and twice on Sunday. Right? You, you know, it's interesting. I, I was just sharing, uh, I've got an episode uh, dropping tomorrow, one of my Q&A sessions that I do. And when people send me questions, a lot of convert kind of question stuff. And I shared with them that, a mistake I think a lot of people make is that if they're going to come over here, you know, it's a Latter-day Saint, mm-hmm. that somehow that means you have to let go of everything that you had before in order to take a hold of the new thing. I said, that's not what it is at all. It's bring all that stuff with you and we're just adding, right, yeah. to that quote that you keep giving. So we're not letting go of a bunch of stuff in order to be able to receive the other thing. We're, we're bringing that because it's part of our journey and we're adding to it with this amazing stuff that we have here. And, and, yeah. and so um, I think that's a, an important distinction. And I think a lot of people, I've had people reach out to me like really concerned, like, you know, well, Gary, I love worship and I love these things. And, and like, I, I don't want to give everything up. And I said, whoa, 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 slow down. You know, this, this, is, a, this is not a, I, 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 I can only speak for myself, but my conversion was not one of subtraction. It was one of addition and ultimately became multiplication. And, yeah. and so it, it's not, it's never been about all the things you have to like, you, you don't bring that with you anymore. I think that's what, 
in my view, it makes the whole thing, the, the, the community, our congregation, our, our church richer. Um, I, I don't, and, I, and I've said this, and then I get in trouble sometimes for saying it, but that's okay. I, I, I think we've already got vanilla worked out. I don't think we need to have any more vanilla. I think we need to mix some other flavors into this thing because I think that only makes it richer. Well, and I think, that, I think that there's two ways to look at that. And I think that your, your vantage point coming into the church of, of adding to the truths and things that you already, that you yeah. already had, you knew, yeah. you knew who Jesus Christ was. Yeah. Right? You're coming in and you're adding some things. I think that the church can be better at listening to your background. Mm. Right? And, and to to kind of address that vanilla or that group think that we've been accused of since Missouri. Right? <laughs> I love going into a church park. Number one, I'll just take a church parking lot period with cars in it and people and gathering. I'd love that. Yeah, boy. But I want to, I want to see different bumper stickers for, for political parties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see us living in this, living in this world, having different experiences but having commonality in that culture of Christ. Yeah. We're not good. We're not good at necessarily that culture of Christ. I, I, I think, you know, it, we, we talk about being a seeker, right. And, and looking for truth. I think if, if that's, if that's our, you know, that's where we're going to, we're going to build off of that. I mean, that's, that's how we're going to, that, that is inclusion right? That's inclusion. When we're looking, when we're trying to be a seeker, I mean, th- that's it. That's, that's deeper conversations. That's vulnerability. That's all of these things, right? Because we're looking for answers. And, well, I, and you're I think looking if, at your relationship with your savior, not, Hey Mike, you need to work on this. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. about you and your work. Right. I go to church to do work for me yeah. so that I can be better and, and be of service, right? You know, we said back, in, back where I came from, Mike, that's what we call doing business with God when you went to church. I'm doing business with God today. So I got I to I gotta work on what I'm doing, right? And yeah. so, look, I'm the last guy that anybody's ever going to say is a progressive Latter-day Saint because, I mean, me and my friends that I hang out with in the Latter-day Saint world, we're, we're kind of hardcore about all this, right? And that should surprise nobody. I came from being an independent fundamental Baptist. I'm naturally going to gravitate to the hardest core folks, right? But that being said, I think what you're saying is so important because ultimately we're, we're, we're looking to Jesus. And so Jesus is bigger than my preference, your preference, my isms, your isms, you know. And so if we're looking to him and that's going to help us to, to do our business, to figure out how we can get a little bit better, how we can get answers, how we can do those things. That's where we're united. Even if I'm more conservative and the other guy next to me is more liberal and somewhere in between, whatever, like we're looking to Jesus. And so if we get that straight, if that's, if that's the sort of, you know, North star on this thing, if, if that's it, then, then that crosses over all those lines. And I love what you talk about the bumper sticker. I'm going to totally steal that because I I think that's so true. Like I I do, I like the, I mean, you know, what's that old quote? I don't know who said it, but you know, if everybody's singing the same note, there's no harmony. It's true. Mm-hmm. True harmony in music is because people are singing some different notes. And then it comes together to create this amazing thing. And so I, I love the fact that I can, you know, we used to say, you know, I, I, 
it's a funny story. Um, one of my mentors, a guy, a pastor's out of Georgia, he would say, and he was saying this to like kind of crusty, staunchy fundamentalist, right? And, and he said, you know, look, the person who's sitting next to you with a black King James wearing a black suit, yep, they're your brother in Christ. But the girl sitting next to him wearing flip-flops and carrying a fuchsia NIV, she's just as much your sister in Christ. So when you get that straight, you're, you're, you're already looking in the right direction. And it's so true. I think, I think all of us need to remember something. Same guy said it, and I will never forget it. He said, just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's a sin. So, you know, just because it's not your preference doesn't mean that the person's falling away, backslidden, apostate, whatever your language is. That's not what that means. You know, so if there's somebody who likes to raise their hands and praise and, and jump off the pew, great. If there's somebody that sits on their hands and never moves, great. But if, if we're looking to Jesus, we're good. So I, I, I really appreciate your thoughts. On when that. I would throw it out there, if anybody's ever been to my church, and I can see this happening, and Tyler, you and I have been in meetings before where you'll go an hour and you don't hear Christ. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's testimony meeting or it's, you know, the topics are this or the topics are that. And, you know, I, I remember I had a new missionary come into my house one time and sat on my couch and talked to me. And then can we end in prayer? And sure. Said a closing prayer. And I, I walked out with him and I said, hey, elder, testify of Christ, preach of Christ, teach yeah. of Christ. Because we yeah. get that rub, right? We get that we're guilty of, oh, you, you Mormons are just trying to save yourselves, trying to do all the good works, trying to, you know, you know, Pac-Man gobble up the points and put it in the ledger so that it all works out in the end. And that yeah. is not, no, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not the game. Right? That's not the game. And I think no. it's really important that we keep the main thing, the main thing. Right in the main. Well, thing you mean you mean there, there's something to be said for Grace? Crazy. <laughs> I got a daughter named Grace, right? For that for that reminder, Come on, right somebody. there. <laughs> for that right there. Hey, Gary, looking back on life, is there anything that life has taught you the hard way? Is there anything that you know to be true right now that you're holding that you only learned the hard way? You said you were hard headed, right? So yeah. I'm assuming there's some things there that. Yeah, it's so, a hard, hard thing to, to teach you. This, this ventures, this mixes faith and life and business, but I think that's what you guys do. So I think this is fair game. Yeah. Um, so the notion of following your passion, I think, is really poor advice. Um, and, and the reason I say that, if you guys have ever read any of Cal Newport's work, particularly the book, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You, mm -hmm. the hinge point of that, of that, um, book is really that we need to get good at things and work at it long enough to really get skilled at a thing. And through the practice and working at that, we develop a passion. Okay. And so when I came out of the military, I decided to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to go that, you know, my life had been kind of controlled. So I wanted to swing the pendulum the other way. Right. <laughs> and so of course the, you know, there was a never ending cavalcade to follow your passion advice. Um, and it was well-intentioned, and I, think, I, I don't think anybody's malicious when they say that, but I think we need to define it. It's kind of a junk drawer word, right? We know there's stuff in that drawer, but we don't really know what it means. <laughs> so, so for me, it was early on, I was doing, I had a lot of energy, I had a lot of enthusiasm, even in the church when we started it, had a lot of, you know, 
I was, I was, you know, ignorance on fire. Right. Um, but <laughs> I love what that. I really, what I really needed to be was, hold on, let me, let me, I'm picking my lanes here. Let me work at getting good at this through just practice and increasing my skill and my knowledge. And in that, if it's something I'm really that, you know, is kind of called for me and I'm called to it, then inevitably there's going to be a passion. But I, I think I learned the hard way. It's very expensive and, and it was a lot of drama, you know, that I was, again, ignorance on fire instead of going, wait, whoa, whoa, let's, let's find the lane. Let's get good at something. Let's study. Let's practice. Let's, let's apprentice, if you will. And, and through that, we're going to develop a passion. So I learned that the hard way for sure. I love that. Hey, Gary, one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show is, is uh, those people that have had an influence in our life, right? And we, and we, we talk about honoring those people. Are there, mm. are there people in your life that, that you would like to honor and take a moment on this show and, and honor them? Wow. Um, well, I think it would begin with all the people that I sat under that preaching for all those years. I mean, I, I think that I try to honor them every time I teach by sharing the best of what they shared, what I think is the best. Um, and again, I, I minimize their less moments and maximize their best moments, you know, because I think every, anybody that's ever gotten behind the mic, gotten behind the pulpit, ever said something inevitably makes mistakes. But uh, I look at body of work. And so I would just, everyone from, from the very first guy that shared the gospel with me to, to, all those people I listened to all those years. Um, that's, I, I try to honor them every time I hit record um, yeah. because I'm, I'm a product of that. And, and the fact that I really think I honor them by, by doing what they did, they didn't quit. You know, if, if they would have quit, I wouldn't maybe never have heard that sermon. I would never have, have heard it and done something with it. And, and so I try to honor the same thing. Like when I ran into that trouble, you know, a week ago or whatever, it was like, you got to keep going because somebody inevitably is going to hit play in their car or on their workout to something you share. And it could be a pivot point for them. Yeah. So, so I really think honoring the people that, that I listen to, and there's so many names, we'd be here all night, but um, those teachers that, you know, and many of them I never met personally. I, I mean, I just listened to them for like ad nauseum, right? I mean, like a lot. And and so I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for them. And, and, and I also, I think that, I think honoring is something, one of my favorite quotes, um, Mike Murdoch, a teacher out of Dallas-Fort Worth says, your future is determined by who you choose to honor. Um, if you fail in your life, it'll be because a person you have chosen to dishonor. And so I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. It's a wisdom key. And so I, I for me, I think I also look for ways to honor the little things in every day. When people do something great or they do something that's good or they made an effort, I, I think we need to honor that by sending the note, making the call, giving some feedback. Um, because I think all of us are just self-absorbed enough not to be paying attention to recognize folks in the moment. And, and I think we miss opportunities to honor. And then we wonder why, why are we not getting promoted? Why are we not experiencing the favor? Well, yeah. because we're not paying attention to those little things that we could be paying honor to. So, yeah, I would say that. And, and yeah, absolutely. All the, all the men that I sat under and still do to this day that are in my ears. I love yeah. That. Hey, I, I, 
I just want to highlight that term wisdom key. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I, I think wisdom, so I, I learned that from, from brother Mike Murdoch. So um, a wisdom key is something that you can literally take and you can unlock pieces of your life with that you might've been mm-hmm. stuck. The door just wasn't opening. You know, Proverbs tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the ability to discern difference, difference in a countenance, difference in a room, difference in an opportunity, difference in, you know, if I should or if I shouldn't. And so wisdom keys are the things that unlock those doors for us. And so I, I, I wisdom keys from, from teachers and what we find in the scripture helps us unlock these things that we bump into. That kind of gives me goosebumps all over. <laughs> like I just, I, I, I just feel like I just licked a nine volt battery right now when you just said that. If you, you know, I love that. That zing, you will, right? Just afterwards, that. I know this isn't in like the notes, but afterwards, if you guys, if you'll email me an address where I can send something, you have a great wisdom keys book that Mike did that I would love oh. to send you a copy of. I think it'd be Amen. great for your collection. That'd be yeah. awesome. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Be awesome. You know, it's because so many times, Tyler, it feels like, that's what we're trying to do in this podcast, right? We're trying to unlock those aspects or we're trying to find the key that will help us unlock some of these things, whether they be obstacles or opportunities. On that opportunity thing, I think that I love the idea. I think Seth Godin shared this, right? The idea is like, we always talk about to-dos, right? We wake up in the morning, what do we have to do? We go to bed, what am I, what am I, what am I to-dos tomorrow? And, and instead, could we look and, and shift it and say, what are my opportunities tomorrow? Mm. You know, in my, every day in my notes, I write DSA. And DSA is a trigger for me to do something amazing. I'm trying to do something amazing every day. And when Come you on. put it out there, Amazing is a really tricky word, right? It's not, do, not, it's not do a good turn. It's not, you know, like open a door for an old lady. It's do something amazing. And I miss more than I hit, but I think the idea of opportunities that are out there, there are amazing opportunities out there for people, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a recent opportunity, like I, I was counseling with, I was counseling with someone on the phone and their conversation literally made my day. And I said, thank you, sister, hung up the phone. And I was just electric from our conversation. Just a good sister keeping the faith in hard times and wants life to be different, but she's okay. She's grounded. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the next day DSA shows up and it's like, oh man, (laughs) what does that look like? Yeah. It looks like a blank piece of paper and a pen. And you just write that sister a letter saying, hey, on behalf of the people that I represent, thank you for being in your place right now, holding your ground and doing the things you're doing. Right? And like, that's it. It took five minutes. That's but, that honoring principle. That, that yeah, it's the honoring. Yeah. It's the wisdom key. Yeah, when you unlock it. that, it's like, oh, man, that felt really, really good. Well, that's Doesn't the thing, right? You, you honor someone, it, it changes their trajectory, and it alters you. And how many point. times have we said right. that, right, Very well Tyler? Said. We're right. about, we're trying to be when people bump into Tyler, when they bump into Gary, when they bump into Mike, how cool would it be if we put them on higher ground? Yeah. How cool would it be if that. we altered their trajectory? And if it's by honoring them, if it's by seeing them, like, hey, we see you. Hey, you matter. <laughs> 
or hey, you you altered my trajectory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think sometimes I, you know, people will say to, say, well, you you've got it figured out. <laughs> I got nothing figured out, man. Like you, you know, I have I have some of the best moments that have that have changed my perspective on 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 how I worship. Right? Have been in some some of the most humble conversations with people that think they don't have it figured out. Right? And I think, man, if I could get myself to, to strip away some of the things that, that, that hold me back from being in that spot where I'm just laid bare, right, and let it, let it come, like that, that's powerful. Man. But you know what? We've, so we've been at this for a little bit, Gary, talking. The common denominator behind all of these things, words. Our words matter. The words people say to us matter. The word of God written in scriptures matter. If we want to have memories, if we want to have these moments that are going to be remembered by ourselves and by our posterity, we've got to put words to them. We have to intentionally call it out and say, do y'all feel that right now? That is a member of the Godhead testifying that what is happening right now is truth. And if we don't, it's an opportunity slipped right and we we let them slip all the time right but man if we could use our words that that's what i'm learning right now well you know i mean that's the reason he gave it to us and he said death and life are in the power of the tongue mm-hmm. and so that mm-hmm. that that proverbial wisdom is is money i mean yeah. because i another prayer question for all of us did i speak life today to myself and to others or did i speak death to myself and others and, and I, I tell you, when I, oh. I, don't, I don't like the answer to that question sometimes when I ask it in prayer. But you know what I love about that, Gary? I love the, did I speak life or death to myself yep. or others? That's right. Right? Because I think sometimes, man, we just, we just hammer ourselves. You know what I love about right? that just, question, though? And, and, and a couple of the other questions that we talked about in this episode is just, so my wife has a makeup mirror, right? Have you ever looked at your face, not in the once, not in the one time, but flip that thing over, right? And like that five-time magnifier, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. whoa, whoa, what is that? This, this nose gets That's you, brother. Crazy. Like, that's <laughs> you. And I think that that's what those questions do. Those questions turn that magnifier mirror on you and say, are you walking this? Yeah. Or are you fooling yourself? Are you trying to be, are you trying to, front like you are something that you're not yeah because everyone can see it make right. a change we circle back to that conversation right of authenticity right i mean that that's it and i think that that's you know i i i, I love that gary i love that that principle that you taught us i, I just it makes me fired up man i get it. i'm excited to good make some changes, you know? So that's what this is all about. So it is, it, it really is. And it really, it, 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 is, it, well, number one, anytime I hear a story of faith, anytime I hear a journey of faith, there's a great, there's a great verse in, uh, in Alma 29, right? But he talks about when I see all these people repenting and changing, I'm reminded of what God has done in my life. And I'm reminded that he's answered my prayers. So, Gary, I've walked with you through your journey. 
but I'm sure Tyler and I in our own heads are walking through our own journey. That's right. And we're thinking about that time. And then there was that time and there was this experience. And that's what I love about the, about this work, about this project, because as we jump into people's lives, we're really reminded of just how rich we all are. Right. Yeah. And how blessed we are and how dang good God is. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So Gary, we, we've, uh, we've breezed through two hours with you, man. I mean, it's probably, it's, we, it's, we could go all night. I have a funny I, feeling. I, I, you know what? I don't even want to, I don't want to stop. Man. I don't either. I was you like, are in a different, care. Keep you are in a different time zone. You are in a different time know, zone. I'm, I'm a big boy. I could stay up. If we want to talk about anything, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, we, the, this, this podcast is really, we talked about George Bailey and we talked about it's a wonderful life. And, and, you know, one of the things that, uh, that Mike and I love about that, that particular movie, um, even some of the cheesy moments of that movie, right? Is th- this idea that, that, you know, sometimes it's hard to see God's hand in our lives. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to see the blessings that, that lay right in front of us. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I can tell you in the time that we've spent together tonight, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm better for, for it, for spending a couple hours with you, Gary. And I'm, I'm really grateful, but Gary, what does it, what does it mean to you? to be considered one of the richest men in town? I, I love that question. And before I answer that, I, I have, I am equally um, encouraged and inspired and challenged by our conversation tonight. I think what you guys are doing is really important. I shared that with you before. Um, I, I, I'm biased now because I'm a fan, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that um, I can move from fan to friend because uh, I really value what you guys are doing and I, I appreciate the conversations you're having. Um, so, so for me, I, I think about four things when I, when I kind of wade this through my head and I'll keep it brief. Um, to be the richest man in town, I think it, I, I first start with authenticity and I know we've, I've, I've banged on that key of the piano, but I'm going to hit it one more time. If I'm walking around and being truly authentic, I, I think that is, that provides a level of depth and richness in every area of my life. And I'll tell you, I haven't apprehended it yet, friends. I'm still working. Um, but, but authentic is a big part. The second would be depth of relationships. I don't need 100 friendships. But I want to have a few where there's some depth. The person I can call at 2 a.m. and be uncensored with. The person that I can, you know, that, that, I, can, that I can be there for them and they can be there for me. Paul opens up his letter to the book of Romans and he has this neat little thing. He says, you know, I'm encouraged by the mutual faith of you and I. And, and it wasn't, you know, I'm encouraged that we agree on everything. That's not what he said. You know, it, it didn't say because we're, we're wearing the same jersey. He didn't say that either. He said, I'm encouraged by the mutual faith of you and I. Um, so depth of relationship, I think it's so important. And, I, and, I, and not to make this, you know, too focused, but I think for men who are leading families, leading ministries, I think it's so important, and there's a void there. I, I truly believe that. Not everybody shares that belief, but I think there's a void of men being connected with other men in a depth of relationship where they can be candid, Amen. vulnerable, let it rip, where it's the ugly stuff, the good stuff, and everything in between. I think if you're going to be the richest man in town, you have to have that. Amen, brother. Um, that's accountability. It's encouragement. It's a lot of things. I think the third thing is impact. Um, I think we're wired to make a difference. And if we're not making impact, whether it's in our work or in our faith or in our family, um, 
I think that we, we fill a void and we'll, and, and with that void, we will fill it with all kinds of junk that we got no business filling it with. Um, because we're not making an impact. My, my challenge to anybody listening to this, my challenge to myself is, are you going to have the courage to make the impact that you need to make? Um, and, and the final piece is, is uh, I can be the richest man in town if I'm a finisher. I think for a big part of my life, I've been an incredible starter. I haven't always been a good finisher. Um, and I also think for everybody, if it's said of us that we finished the, the, the project, we finished the podcast, we finished the, 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 the ministering assignment, we finished the calling, we finished you know, the diet, we finished the workout. I think a lot of us are walking around and we don't even trust ourselves because we failed to keep commitments to ourselves because we didn't finish. And so if we can finish and we can start trusting ourselves again, I think we can make the impact. I think we can be, we can be, we can have those depth of relationships and I think we can be authentic. That's how I think we're the richest man in town. That's, you know, look, that was one of the best answers I've, I've heard. I, I we love, really got to walk away now. Yeah. We really got to end. <laughs> Can we do two hours just breaking that down, man? <laughs> we, that, we can break that, that down. Was, yeah. That was phenomenal, dude. Oh, I, Gary, I, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for you, man. And 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 it's funny because Mike and I have had this experience uh, on this podcast where we have people on that we've never met, and and uh, t- today I feel like uh, you're, you're a friend. I feel like I've known you forever, and and uh, I'm too. just grateful for the time that that you've given to us. So. Um, I I'm richer tonight for for my time with you. And, and, and we've seen this play out over and over again on this podcast. There'll, there will be people that will listen to this episode and hear Gary's words and their lives will be changed. It, it, it's, it's not maybe it could hopefully no, it, it will happen. And, and I know that it's played out over and over again. And so for that, I'm, I'm grateful for you. Well, and, and Gary, your words will trigger a memory. So yeah. back to that remember. So often we get caught up in what the person did. Man, how could you do that? You did this mistake or you did this sin or you, and, and it really comes down to they forgot. Yeah. They forgot. They took their eye off, off, off Christ and they started sinking. And, you know, that, that, that happens to all of us. And so, yeah. Tyler's right. People listen to this and they will be reminded of who they are. They'll be reminded that they're wired to make a difference. I love that, man. Like that alone is reason to bring you back just because we got to explore some of those things. But um, Anytime. I, I, really, I really do appreciate your candor, your energy. You know, we are in a battle as, as men, as husbands, as fathers, as Disciples of Jesus Christ, there's a war going on. And Gary Miller, I'd go to war with you, man. Amen. I've never met you, I but I'd go to war that. with you. Means, means the world to me. And I, I, I am so grateful that our, our worlds collided. And, and I know that uh, I have a feeling we'll end up doing lots of stuff together in the future somehow. And I can't wait. I really yeah. can't. Let's do, let's do that. Yep. Well, hey, we appreciate the time. And uh, we'll, we'll let you get back to the the family if they're still awake over there in texas but yeah, you right. probably gotta get a hatchet out and break up your kitchen table and use it for firewood <laughs> or something. seriously now thankfully the heat is on but uh yeah we'll, we'll do that thanks guys i appreciate it well right, hey thanks, texas Gary. texas is in our prayers brother so you you hang in there we need it thank you all right good night
my big brother, George, the richest man in town. 